0: And salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Related Show on the planet at the John Campia Show. Coming from right here on my YouTube channel. Brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. I am, of course, John Campia. And it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world. Movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good stuff. Joining me sitting right over here. He is, of course, uh, what is it, a two-time Saturn Award winner? Three. Three-time Saturn Award winner the Saturn Awards are tonight, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how you doing?
1: John, you know what? Today, I know you're not going to like this, Uh-oh. but the 4K version of The Usual Suspects with oh, yeah. a brand new transfer by, that was supervised by DP, Tom Siegel, comes out today. Why is this important? Because they were the first special features I ever produced. And they've been out of really? print, out of print, those special features since
0: 2002. You do know that is one of my top 10 all-time favorite movies. I, I actually ordered you a copy of the disc. Oh, I might actually play that one. And uh, all our special features are on it.
1: And the transfer is absolutely spectacular.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, sitting right beside him, of course, YouTube personality, and uh Idiot.
2: fashionista
0: Christian Harloff is here. Christian, how you doing?
2: I'm doing good. I don't have as many accolades as that, so I can't uh, I didn't win any <laughs> how many Saturn Awards do you have? Uh well it depends on I what I can who say at has.
0: this table we have a combined yes. three it, Saturn it, Awards. It, <laughs>
1: it's a team of people. Yes, but but you know, you're you're rich in spirit
0: false also false. uh joining us over here of course at the back table taylor is joining us back Whoa. there sitting in ray's seat ray continues to recover he sends his best well wishes to everybody jonathan boyko is of course running the show i'm and recovering Al- every day he's every day and Alu moana, i almost said milano again <laughs> milano. i've had a list on the mind Alissa lately the uh, Alu moana is of course here today too. and most importantly you guys are here thanks so much for making the show part of your day Here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it into two parts. First half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. That happens two ways. One, you've got to be watching live. Number two, when we get to the end of the main topics, we'll announce that we're opening up the Super Chats. And when we do, that will be your time. We only leave it open for a few minutes for you guys to in your thoughts, theories, comments, and questions. And we will address them in the second half of the show. Also, a little bit of housekeeping. Want to remind you guys if you need an audio only version of the show, we of course have the John Cabia Show podcast. Just go onto your favorite podcasting app of choice, search for the John Cabia Show, and subscribe to it today so it'll be there when you need it. Also, we have a secondary podcast fee for our after shows creatively called After Show. That's where we <laughs> talk about things like House of the Dragon and, of course, new episode of Andor tonight. Very excited about that. So go and subscribe to that as well. Okay, guys. With that down, let's get things started here with an off the top, and that is this. Under the category of things I generally and usually don't care about, <laughs> Doctor Who. All right. Now, that, that do not miss I'm not slagging Doctor Who. I just don't watch it. I, so I, I can't say anything good or bad about it. I'm just not a Doctor Who watch. I mean, I used to watch it as a child when the dude with the big hat, what was- That was Tom Baker. Tom Baker. I used to, when I was a little kid, I would watch the reruns with Tom Baker's Doctor Who. But this is big, and even I have to acknowledge this is big. Doctor Who has a lot of fans, like a passionate, passionate fan group. And this is really fascinating because the home, if you live anywhere other than the UK for Doctor Who is now Disney+. Plus. It has been announced and it's now out that Disney Plus is going to be the streaming home for upcoming future seasons of Doctor Who. Now, as of right now, it looks like all the archived Doctor Who episodes, everything that's come out before now will continue to live wherever it's lived before. But it looks like the new ones are coming out there. This comes to us from The Verge, to write the following. The BBC is partnering partnering with Disney to bring upcoming episodes of Doctor Who to the Disney Plus streaming platform for global audiences, complete with a brand new logo inspired by Tom Baker, there you go, by Tom Baker's era as the galaxy-traveling Time Lord. But it's also going to make its way, it's harder to binge-watch the show. New episodes of the Time Wimey? Timey-wimey. Timey-wimey. There it is. Of the timey-wimey? Okay, sure, (laughs) we'll go with that. TV show will air on the BBC for the UK and in Ireland, with Disney Plus becoming the exclusive home for new seasons of Doctor Who for global audiences. Doctor Who will return to screens in November of 2023 to coincide with the 60th anniversary, premiering exclusively on the BBC for the UK and Ireland. So I think this is incredibly relevant for two different reasons, Rob. Number one, Doctor Who's going to have a new home. For the new stuff for everybody outside of the uk this is huge and this is a big score for disney but number two we've been seeing disney starting to acquire non-disney stuff to have on disney plus and i remember in the early days of disney plus we would talk about will disney plus stay just the archives for disney imperial material only or will they expand out and we've seen them starting to expand but nothing more significant than this Rob, you hear about the story. What stands out to you the most?
1: Well, I think it's great. I mean, you know, there's a lot of early Doctor Who episodes. A lot of the Doctor Who episodes originally were shot on tape, and it was basically done for kids. And a lot of those episodes were literally taped over, so they are there are missing Doctor Who episodes that are gone lost. Were there in the like sands old
0: crew members that literally saved some episodes because yeah. they happened to find copies in their homes? All, or something? all of that
1: that is all true, and I think you know of the one the one thing that Disney has going for it. I think more than any other company is the fact that they make sure that their legacy is preserved. You know, Disney's always making sure. And I think hopefully that Disney, I don't know if it needs restoration, but with Disney involved, I think that Doctor Who's legacy will be preserved into the future. Not that they haven't been since 2005, since they rebooted Doctor Who with Christopher Eccleston, but I I think it's a good thing. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of purists are going to be like, wow, this is terrible. But I do think it's good for the series and for the legacy of the show. And, you know, again, more people to see it. I'll tell you, watching that regeneration special, watching, watching the
0: 10th Doctor, who's now the 14th Doctor, come back, Elizabeth was pretty excited. Christian, what is the most, do you think, surprising thing about this story? And, and let me ask you this, too. With the streamers, it's all about getting subscribers. Mm-hmm. Will this spark a lot of people to go and sign up to disney plus who weren't before if they're dr who's fans but not necessarily disney fans
2: i mean if they're the new if it's the new season and that's how you're going to find it and you want to watch it of course i think so. i think if you're a diehard dr who fan as you mentioned earlier there are tons and tons of them um now i've seen as in any fandom there's a lot of discourse where the people are i'm not watching it anymore and they probably will anyway, but it, it just depends on how they do it, how they market it. My question though, which I don't know enough about the report, you say that Disney is putting it on the new episodes. Are they producing any of the new episodes? Are they putting money to it? As, towards far as I know, they're just a, they're ex- just a distributor, distributor. Yeah. yeah, which is interesting. Um, so I think that it does, I agree with the article that it makes it a little difficult to then you know go back and find other episodes that were on there before because what they might do, and maybe that's part of the deal, the reason why, if you start watching, if you're already a Disney Plus subscriber, and Doctor Who, the new season shows up. I'm like, oh, okay. I've always heard about it, but I never kind of sought it out and looked. That's great. Like, for me. I'm I'm a big time travel person. That's what it's all about, right? Never seen an episode, not one. People always tell me you got to watch Doctor Who because you're a time travel guy. You're gonna love it. I, I can't find. I'm not looking for whatever. I'm not looking for it. So if I'm sitting there and it pops up, and that's it's because you're lazy, one hundred percent. There's <laughs> so you, there's there's no other no, no other reason. But but the fact is, if it pops up. And I'll, maybe I'll check it out and watch it because of it. And then maybe I will. Oh, shoot, this is how good this show was. Remember, go back and watch it. Like, look at what they did. My wife watches Outlander, right? Right. They put it on Netflix. And she, she found it through Netflix. She watched it on Netflix. And then she got to the last season. No, it wasn't on Netflix, the most recent one. So she went and she subscribed to Stars just because of, to, to find that season. So that's kind of what they might be doing also here with, with the deal with Disney to try to get people to watch their, their, the old content.
1: I would just beg you if you do go down that doctor. i won't it but, but, we'll but if it will try you do start with the christopher Eccleston season okay. don't start with the tom baker
2: season uh, okay no i mean th- that yeah I'm i just I don't saying... think i could go back to, to watch the dated stuff At, at you don't yeah, want to yeah, watch yeah. it since
0: 1963. yeah you know, yeah. All I all aaron, yeah i told aaron i told
2: aaron cummings the same thing don't don't
1: go back and start in 63. Yeah.
0: yeah all right guys question is for you what do you think about this are you a doctor who fan if so what do you think about it finding its new home on disney plus Are you not a Disney Plus subscriber? Would this make you sign up for Disney Plus? I mean, maybe for Dr. Who fan, you won't have much choice. Anyway, guys, whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, with that down, let's get into the newest segment here on our show, which is our Mint Mobile Hotline Question of the Day. Alou, what do we got going on in the Mint Mobile Hotline Question?
3: All right. Well, first, to have your voice heard on the show and your question answered, you're going to go ahead and call and leave a voicemail at 951-268-4259. And today's Mint Mobile question of the day comes to us from Jack, who's asking about that House of the Dragon finale. Hey, John, this is Jack. Uh, Just finished watching
1: uh, episode 10 of House of the Dragon. Uh, Am I crazy or or was this one of the best first seasons of a tv show like ever maybe be best i don't know what are your guys' thoughts thanks
0: all right thanks a lot for sending that in jack and of course house of the dragon just had its finale i i suspected the show would be good we've talked a lot about this recently i suspected i thought the show was gonna be good i i i didn't know the show was gonna be this good like i i am kind of floored now we got to acknowledge that we as fans of anything we have what's called recency bias where it's like the newest thing we think is the greatest thing ever. And, and you know, we don't really think about it a lot. And so we got to be careful to guard ourselves against recency bias. And nothing is more recent than the finale of Game of Thrones, which just kind of played, or House of the Dragon, which is sort of played. But I will tell you this, while trying to block our recency, recency bias, and really we can't evaluate this until we got like a year separated between us and the show that just finished. But for now, I will say this. I can't. I don't think I can think of three or four shows that I think had a better first season. Like again, it, it, talk to me again in a year. I might change my answer on that. Maybe I'll, I'll put it lower down the list. But off the top of my head, I still think Heroes season one was probably the the best first season of a show I ever saw. I I, I mean that that show grabbed your attention immediately, kept you intrigued all the way. It's a shame that the whole series couldn't follow up on season one the way it did. Uh, Breaking Bad had an incredible first season. Sopranos. Sopranos captured the world's captured the world's attention. So I don't know that I'd be willing personally to say it's the best first season of television. I I do think it was better than Game of Thrones season one, but then again, it got to stand on Game of Thrones' shoulders and build off what Game of Thrones did. But I I would definitely slide Heroes in front of it. Sopranos is probably one that I'd also have to slide in front of it. Uh, I love Sons of Anarchy. But I think I would put this one above the first season of Sons of Anarchy. So I, again, off the top of my head, don't hold me to it. I will say top three. I will say top three.
2: Christian, what about you? It's in the conversation. It's absolutely in the conversation. And, and as you say, we're so, it's so recent. But, and again, as you said, with, with how it built off of Game of Thrones, right? And the reason why, well, you also remember that even though it did build off Game of Thrones, the last season of Game of Thrones you and me um, on on a different island. Most people didn't like that season, right? Yeah. So they were coming in with, all right, what do you got now? Game Muscatism. of Thrones, right? So so even though they were coming off of a successful lore, they still had a lot to do, and they did it, and they did it well. And they and and what I thought really worked for them, and the reason why is because Game of Thrones had so many great storylines, but there were a lot of storylines you had to like grab onto. This was one contained story about the politics of this family and holding on to power. And it just did it right. And I mean, the last moments, I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody, but the last moments of that finale, you saw, I did a reaction to it and I just, I couldn't believe it. I was just like, it, it the way that, because I cared because of the build-up throughout it and how genius the writing was from start to finish and the build-up of why I cared about these characters as opposed to just throwing people into situations. So I think it's definitely part of the conversation. Um, I would put it up there with Sopranos and Breaking Bad personally, but I want to go back and rewatch it again as well.
0: You're talking about like a, Game of Thrones had a whole bunch more storylines going on, yeah. but they still didn't skimp out on... Every single character had incredible death. Of course. You, you know, Jonathan just had pictures of Corlys and Rhaenys up yeah. there. Both of them, incredible characters. Corliss's brother yeah. before he lost his head, right? Amazing character. Hell, freaking little Aegon is even... All of them. You, Love right, that he's right. in this show. Yeah. From Alicent and Rhaenyra. Chris, I mean, I, no character I hate more than, than Sir Kristen, but still, he adds dimension to the show. Like, they just flesh it out so well. So, Rob, for you... Is the first season of House of the Dragon in that conversation for you about best first seasons ever?
1: Well, here's the thing. Uh, Yes. The short answer is yes. But you also have to go back, like I would say, some of the most significant seasons of the original Twilight Zone all the way back to 1959. You you have to say that that was some of the most groundbreaking. At the time, there was exponentially less TV in
2: 1959
1: (laughs) than there is now. But if you look at the whole history of television, and the whole all the different genres of shows, I definitely think this is one of the one of the best. And like you look at HBO, let's go back and look at HBO's track record, The Wire, yeah. The Sopranos. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching the first season of the Sopranos, which I still think it's a one-season show. I know why it continued on, but the whole dynamic between Uncle June, Tony Soprano's mother, Livia, and Tony Soprano, it was it was as Machiavellian as this first season. And it was like a family. It was just different. Um, but this is definitely one of the best, yeah. most satisfying, because, like you said, it was self-contained but riveting. The performances, the filmmaking, and I'll tell you what: Ryan Condal and George R. R. Martin are the showrunners. No, the M- creators, Miguel. They're, they're Miguel. The of, but I'm pardon me, but they're the the creators of the show are Ryan Condal and um, George R. R. Martin. The showrunners right. were Miguel Sapochnik right. and Ryan Condal together. Right.
0: And what a job they
1: did! They got to bring right. Miguel
2: back though. If they lose because Miguel, walked off. And yeah, he's, well, he's gone. gone. I know, but they got to get him back. Well, I I'm think telling you,
1: he's. I think as a director, because he directed. Um, God, what did he direct? He directed a movie that oh, God, he's I'm
0: still forgetting. connected. He's still going to be attached yeah. as an executive producer on
1: the.
2: Yeah, show. but I mean, you know as well as I do, sometimes just like he's not even going to be doing anything. It, 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 oh, I know. Yeah, but I, I think.
0: But I think that having George R.
1: R. as the actual co-creator yeah. of the show, the fact that they're 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 sticking pretty close to the narrative. Unlike what happened with the latter seasons of Game of Thrones, they have George
0: R. R. Martin's narrative. Which won them their most Emmys, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. Well, and they, but they also um,
1: um, have stuck pretty close to it. And even in the narrative, so if you've read the books, it, they even say, eh, the Maesters may or not have, may not have been telling you the entire truth. It's, it's ambiguous. But this show has actually become the definitive
0: version of that narrative right. as opposed to the book. And I think it's genius. All right, guys, question is for you. What did you think about this? And maybe you didn't even like House of the Dragon. Maybe you haven't even watched it yet. But if you did, does the first season rank up there for you amongst some of the best first seasons ever? Maybe you might think it's the best one. I don't think so, but it's damn high up there. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys, with that down, we're going to take a second to thank one of the sponsors of today's show, our friends at True Classic. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's episode, True Classic. This brand new sponsor has the absolute best fitting t-shirts that a man can buy. Finding the right t-shirt with a little bit of a dad bod is incredibly frustrating. Most t-shirts are either way too tight on your gut or look way too big and boxy. You're not in high school anymore and it's time to upgrade. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men finally get a better fit at an affordable price. And The John Campy Show viewers and listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off using the code CAMPIA at trueclassic.com. Look, you and I both know that almost all of men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six-packs. But let's be honest, that's not most of us. True Classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt that you can always confidently throw on. Like most of you guys, ever since college, I've always struggled to find proper fitting t-shirts that are comfortable. Well, True Classic from the moment I put on the shirt they sent me solves it. And True Classic doesn't just stop at tees. From polos and workout shirts with the same flattering fit, upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code CAMPIA. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day refund policy. Stay classy with True Classic. Your dad bod will thank you. And thank you to our friends at True Classic for giving me my favorite shirts and for being a sponsor of The John Campius Show. All right, guys, with that down, let's now move into our main topics today. And how do we select our main topics? Well, that's where you guys come in because you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we must cover as a main topic here in the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampionshow.com contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit. And then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campia Show. With that down, Alou, what is our first main topic today?
3: Our first main topic comes to us from Matthew Y., who says, Hey, John and crew, just wanted to know what is your most anticipated comic book TV series of 2023? Mine is probably the Penguin series with Colin Farrell. But which one are you the most excited about? Ironheart, Secret Invasion, Agatha, X-Men 97? Yes. Maybe even mm. Batman, Caped Crusader, or My Adventures with Superman, or maybe, dare I say it, Gotham Knights. Ugh. Which one are you excited about? Thanks, and bring on the Ugh. filthy.
0: All right, Matthew, thanks a lot for saying that in. And it is is still crazy. I, I remember, like, it wasn't that long ago, folks, that there were no superhero shows on TV. And then we would have a couple... And now, like, it's just coming out of our asses. I mean, now we've got superhero shows everywhere you turn. And there's a lot of really good-looking ones coming out in 2023. So the question becomes, what is the most anticipated one? So let's step into the classroom for a second here. So here's one. Now, you guys help me out here if I've forgotten any significant ones that are coming out. But we've got, for new comic shows that are coming out in 2023, we've got Secret Invasion, Ironheart, Loki, Agatha, the X-Men 97 animated show, Echo, Kite Man is apparently supposed to come out this year, which I think is going to be, the title of it is going to be called Noonan's, really? which is the name of the bar that all the supervillains hang out Noonan's. in, Jack. and Kite Man is going to be uh, the lead guy in it, and of course, we got the Penguin series. Missed one. Which one? The Boys. That's not new.
2: Season three. Season four. These are all season see, one. See, yeah, these so. are
0: all brand new season one wow. series uh, coming out. And so I, I I might be missing one or two, but I think I got all the major ones. So question, which ones are the most anticipated? Well, I'll tell you some of the ones, so let me start off by telling ones I'm not really interested in. I'm not saying they can't win me over. I'm saying right now, if I'm being honest, not don't have a lot of interest. Don't have a lot of interest in X-Men 97. Uh, I just... What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I generally don't like DC or, or Marvel's animated stuff. Uh, there are exceptions. Even with your theme song that you constantly do on the show? <laughs> What's that? Oh, yeah. I love the old cartoon, but that's that's what this is. is. Yeah, but it's the new Marvel that's doing it. And I I just don't trust DC or Marvel when they're animated stuff. Again, there are exceptions, and maybe this will be one. But I'm not really excited about the X-Men 97 one. And, hey, I may love it. I wasn't interested in Harley Quinn either when it was coming out. Now it's like one of my favorite shows out there. All right. So that's one. Echo is another one that I'm just not interested in. Again, I can very easily be won over. But they did a really bad job of introducing that character in Hawkeye and making us care. As a matter of fact, they did the opposite. I would probably be more interested in the show if they didn't try to introduce her in Hawkeye. So I thought they did a pretty bad job on that. So whatever. Um, I'm iffy on Ironheart. Again, my starting position is I'm not normally big on derivative characters, you know, Flash and Kid Flash, Batman Batgirl. Like, I'm not usually big on derivative characters, although there are exceptions. And listen, after I watch Black Panther, I may be singing a totally different song on that. But for now, gotta admit, I'm not totally stoked on Ironheart. The ones I'm quite interested in, obviously, the Kite Man series. That just sounds great. I like Kite Man, hell yeah. That character is one of the reasons why Harley Quinn works so much. So very, very interested in that. Obviously, Agatha. Uh, the Agatha Harkness show, I cannot wait for that. Uh, Loki, I didn't love season one of Loki, but I liked it. And he is one of my favorite characters in the MCU. Secret Invasion is looking better and better to me all the time. It really is. It, it, it's starting to, I, I thought at first when they first announced it, it was going to be kind of one of the throwaway shows, but I think it's actually going to become pivotal. I'm really psyched about it. But you know, look, no surprise here my number one most anticipated new comic book series of 2023 is obviously penguin. Um, after watching Colin Farrell play Cobblepot in Christopher Reeves, movie, Christopher I, Reeve. What's that? Christopher uh, Reeve. That, that's a totally different DC property. And in the Matt Reeves movie, um, I I just fell in love with it. And I, you know, the one thing I wish, two things I wish they would have done with the Batman, because I love the movie. It's still right now my second favorite movie of the year, but they should have shortened it by about 15 minutes and they should have given us a little bit more Penguin screen time because he was awesome in this and I cannot wait. So yeah, a lot of stuff I'm looking forward to, but for me, the number one's got to be Penguin. Rob, as you go down the list, uh, is there any you're not really, doesn't really have your interest yet? What are you looking forward to? What's your most anticipated?
1: Well, I I mean, look, Loki was so pushed the boundaries. I'm curious to see where they're going to go. Because when they left us off, I'm like, what the hell is this? This is crazy. Obviously, the Penguin series. Can't wait for the Penguin series. Um, You know, Echo, I'll watch because I'll be interested to see what they're going to do with it. Iron, uh, you know, Ironheart, Riri Riri Williams is a good character. And I know you don't like derivative characters, but I'm curious to see where they go with her. I, I watched that Target ad, the Wakanda Forever. Yeah. Target ad with Riri Williams apparently ripping off a poor a girl. Like, look what I've created. And I, it, I'll i watch it just for that. If that was the pilot of the Riri Williams <laughs> show, I will watch it for that Target ad. So I'm, I'm excited about that. X-Men 97, got to watch that because I'm really curious because they covered all the classic X-Men stories in the original animated series. So are they going to cover like, the X-Men versus the Avengers. They get to do the whole utopia storyline or the, the, the with the cable. Oh, there's so much stuff they can do. I'm looking forward to that. But my number one favorite show, John, as you know, cause I shared something with you is easily secret Invasion. I mean, I I'll just say I've told, I've said it on the show. I've read the scripts. It's everything I love. It's, it's the winter soldier. It's, Winter Soldier esque in its tone. It's very James Bond. It's very spy thriller. It deals with aliens uh, replacing people, just like in the comics. Scrolls, good scrolls and bad scrolls. And I can't wait. Just add ninjas. Uh, you know what? Uh, there, there's things that are close. Yeah, there are no ninjas. I don't think there are ninjas in Secret Invasion, but I really want to see that. I love the fact that, once again, Sam Jackson is front center. Uh, of this and you know we'll see if there's any of his shield compatriots in the show i uh, i i can't wait i i just can't wait and i i hope like Andor. i think they shot it
0: in europe they shot it all over the place yeah i mean
1: that's the thing i think look i'm tired i'm sorry part of the problem with marvel and i think i even as much as i like the quantum mania trailer it still looks like we shot this mostly against green screen and i'm getting tired of that and the Secret Invasion trailer looks like, okay, we're in real locations. Yeah. Andor, same thing. Andor looks fantastic because, hey,
0: we're not in a volume stage. so All, all real sets. Anyway, Christian, it's a good list of things we got list. coming out. Yeah. What are the ones that are standing out to you the most? And then ultimately, which is the one you
2: would peg as the one you're looking forward to the most? Well, I think the ones that are standing. I mean, so I didn't have... I don't say interest. I, I didn't have an, any knowledge in Ironheart, and they showed stuff at D23 with it, and I didn't realize how much Cougar was involved in it as well. And the stuff that they showed, I, I, I'm always nervous now. After I have PTSD now when I Thor Love and Thunder, so like I'm always saying, and She Hulk. You know, it's like oh, they're just gonna bombard you with comedy that, that that doesn't fit the purpose, and that's not what this show is at all. Ironheart and. I'm interested in it. I don't know if it's one of my most anticipated yet, but I have more interest in it than I did before. Mm-hmm. I agree with you with Echo because I don't, I like the character, but I didn't, like, I really disliked what they did with Kingpin in that show. Mm-hmm. Like, really. And and he's coming back. For, they showed a little bit of the thing as T- D23. He's coming back, but it's like, yeah, but that's like kind of like dollar store Kingpin. You know, like, are they going to bring back the real Kingpin? <laughs> um, and I, so I don't, so I don't know. The, the X Men 97, the reason why I'm actually excited for that one is because. My five-year-old, five year old or six year old five. She'll I was like, she just turned six? No, she just turned five. Good dad. Um, but she um she's been watching like these Mar the Marvel like kid shows and she's enjoying it. So I'm gonna try that with her and see if if she digs it. We'll see. Um and then I think the ones that I'm really looking forward to, Loki I loved. It was one of my top like top top two between that and WandaVision. And I think because what they're gonna do with Kang in Quantum mania i think that because loki comes out afterwards and because he was first introduced there i wonder if they bring him back to do something at all if, if at all maybe they don't but but either way that story has to continue one way or another yeah so i'm pretty excited about it um yeah uh wandavision i loved uh agatha we'll see how how that i love Catherine hahn so yes but i think the two that i'm really looking forward to and they keep changing spots for me are both are both Penguin and Secret Invasion. Because, right. And Secret Invasion jumped r- really high on the list because of that trailer, because of the things I've heard from Rob and other people too, and because, again, the trailer is like, okay, that's the Marvel that I fell in love with yeah. and not this new thing they've been doing recently. Um, so I like that, but Penguin, because of everything you said with Colin, Colin Farrell's one of my favorite actors all time. Like, I think he's not had the right, everything that he's in, even the crap, he's always great in. Did you see the one he did about,
0: uh mary poppins with tom yes
2: he stole that so so i had i told him i think
0: mr banks was the name of
2: it an opportunity to interview him and i'm glad you brought that up because i I, when i was working for fandango and he came in it was for one of the it was for the harry potter the fantastic Mm -hmm. beast movie so he walked in and i said to him i just want to let you know I thought you should have, A, been nominated, and be won for that performance. And he was like, wow, thanks. I was like, that was such an incredible performance as the dad. Yeah. In that. And he's so, he and I know that he's a major star, but he's a very underrated actor still. He, should he be, is. He should be in that conversation. He was so good in Penguin. He was so good. Almost unrec- unrecognizable. Not almost, unrecognizable. And I am really excited to see it because of the lead-in to potentially the next Batman. Yeah. So uh, I, they, they change. They I got a question track. for you, though. Yeah. I'm a huge
1: Colin Farrell fan. Sure. How do you fall on Miami Vice? I, I, um, my, my, my entire thoughts to how I feel about you are, gonna, are, in, are in, The, m- about the
2: movie itself or his performance? Either way. Doesn't matter. I, I, I liked his performance. <laughs> All right. You win. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I liked his performance. The movie itself is fine. you are um, talking about
0: underrated Colin Farrell. I don't care. Anybody says, anybody says Daredevil. Yeah, I, oh, but, he was great!
2: But that's he devil. was great. There's nothing it. you're gonna find in his catalog. Even that stupid movie he S- did with the fan, Swat, but no, he did this fantasy movie, and Will Smith shows up as like a devil or something. In it. I can't remember. What it was—it was, it was I terrible. Can't remember that one. Oh, it was terrible. Nobody does. No, he's got banshees of an right. you're, you're mentioning good ones, bad ones that he did, really bad ones. You cannot ever say the. Oh well, Colin Farrell wasn't really good in that. He's always good, always. Actually, I want
0: to ask you, Alou, as somebody who's done a lot of the cosplay, a lot of these characters, do any of these upcoming 2023 shows stand out to you?
3: Totally. Uh, Secret Invasion, for sure. Any any kind of the MCU crossovers I really like. Um, I am excited for uh, Ironheart. Um, I think just introducing her in Wakanda Forever is just going to blow that character to new heights. I think people are going to be really interested for that. And X Men 97, I am a huge <laughs> X Men Stan fan. Um, so, anything, hopefully, they do a remix of. Da-na-na-na-na. Oh, sure. They
0: oh, they do. must. Yeah, yeah. They
2: must yeah. do that. Well, it's a continuation. So, yeah.
3: Oh, it, oh okay. Okay. Perfect. It's a
2: total continuation of oh, the original animated series.
3: Interesting. Okay. So, it's a straight continuation.
2: Because mm, yep. it ended yeah. in 96 and this picks up in 97.
3: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That was. My jam.
0: All right, guys, question is for you. When you look down that list, it's an impressive list. Are there any major ones that we're missing? But which of the list are the ones that you are looking forward to the most in 2023? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Alou, what is our second main topic today?
3: Topic number two comes to us from Tyler, who says... Hey, John and crew, now that Henry is officially back and is expected to do more, what are y'all's thoughts on Ben Affleck resurrecting his solo Batman movie with Joe Manganiello starring as Deathstroke possibly coming to fruition?
0: All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, Tyler. Listen, there are a number of projects we can all point to as movie fans, TV fans, that kind of left us a little bit brokenhearted that they never came to fruition. Ben Affleck's Batman movie is one of those for me. I, I, you know, it's controversial to say, but Ben Affleck is my favorite Batman, actually. So, and the idea he is a from childhood diehard Batman fan. He actually built his own Batcave prior to becoming Batman. I, and he is a, I mean, his films have won the Academy Award for Best Picture at the Oscars. The guy's one of the more celebrated directors. He's fantastic. And the idea of him doing a Batman movie in his style with a Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke is borderline orgasmic. I mean, the idea of this is incredible. I would love to see this happen. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I, I mean, listen, I, I don't say that with any insider information. I I just say that as a fan. So if it does come to pass, I mean, great. I'll, I will be the first one in line in the conga line. If they announce that that's going to happen, I will come in here with streamers and party hats and, You know, it'll be our aviation shot of the day. Mm -hmm. I will go nuts if they ever say it will. But it's not going to. Mm -hmm. The the fact of the matter is this. Is that I think we who appreciate Ben Affleck as Batman just need to be very, very grateful for the little shots we're about to get of him in Flash. Uh, Apparently Aquaman, he's going to be popping up in that quickly. But the reality is also Ben Affleck is now 50. And... By the time, let's say they wanted to do and they announced tomorrow that Ben's going to be back. The reality is you're probably looking at a 53-year-old Ben Affleck doing when the, the next Batman movie comes out. And listen, I think Michael Keaton can still be Batman, so I'm not going to hold that against it too hard. But no, there's too much baggage there. Like with Henry Cavill, it was a different thing. It's not the same scenario with Henry Cavill as it was with Ben Affleck. So while I would love it and I will party if they say it's going to happen... But I don't believe the reports out there that that's happening, and there, there's some report going around that he's already signed a three-picture deal. I, I don't buy that. And hey, if it comes to pass, great. But I don't buy it. I don't think it's going to happen. So that's my thoughts on that, Rob. What do you think now? Henry's back. We always kind of maybe hoped he would, and thought there was a good chance he could be. But listen, with that being open there, could Ben be the next one to come back?
1: Yes. Really? Now I'm going to say this. I'm. I. You know, I was talking to, well, I was having a conversation with David Miller, is a friend of mine, Facebook friend of mine. And he was bringing up the fact that he's like, why do you think that Dwayne Johnson wanted to stop at Henry Cavill? And I was, I was thinking, I'm like, well, Ben Affleck is going to be in what, 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 what Dwayne Johnson is doing is extending the DCEU that's, you know, by bringing Henry Cavill back the DCEU that was begun with Christopher Nolan and Zack Snyder with man of steel. I was thinking, you know, why not? If you bring Henry Cavill back to do a Superman movie, why not bring Ben Affleck to do a Batman movie, which
0: they already have a script for, so then they can make a world's finest movie? Yeah, well, they did Batman versus Superman. That didn't work out so well.
1: But I but I think that they changed the tone. But I do think that there's possibility. If they do a Superman movie, they could do a Ben Affleck Batman movie.
0: Well, of I course they could. That. But do I you believe, think they I, actually I, will?
1: I think. Why not? Oh why not there's no reason i mean you've got michael keaton's batman and ben affleck's batman both coming back you've got matt reeve's batman which is more like the proto it's like batman begins begins again so (laughs) why not
0: if as long as they make money i think there are a lot of reasons why not that we're not going into and not talking about with the history of everything like that plus i mean look look i want to bleed john I'm, so I'm gonna box molder this. Convince you me. I, I want
1: you. To to of Batman. course I
0: do. I will go crazy if they say he's coming Look, back. No, I never thought Henry
1: Cavill would come back. I never thought on, that, We, we kind. I never did. thought that Zack Snyder's Justice League would happen. But you know, when the but when the evidence shows up, like when HBO when uh, HBO Max started, that's when I started to believe. Well, that's so when like, we said yeah. Yeah, we said okay. Now there's to somebody that's gonna pay for it. Right now, you've got a guy like David Zaslav who wants to see the luster brought back to his properties. But maybe he's his, Maybe Matt Reeves is Batman. Maybe, I don't know. What do you think over there, Matt? Is your Batman enough? I don't know. My Batman's more than enough.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: all we needed to know. Also, but I'm, I don't but I'm
2: think, also open
0: to other iterations. I, I also and don't think The I'm Rock the has nearly as much pull as people think he does. <laughs> Probably not. Especially with Black Adam opening the $67 million. So I, I, I don't know about that, but I will... Burn a candle tonight hoping that you will second were right. weekend. We'll see. So Christian, yeah. I mean, so we got uh two people here would like to see it happen. One doesn't think it will, one thinks it w- it will. Where are you falling this? I think it could. I'm Okay, I'm, it could.
2: So I'm split. And meaning that I do think that he's gonna I think the three picture deal, if it is indeed true, doesn't necessarily mean and honestly nor should it, that it's just gonna be a standalone movie of him i mean it could be three pictures that he's going to be appearing in and that he has a bigger role in and that he helps out whether it's stuff with with henry cavill and there's other things that he does with momoa and with and and continuing on to continue that universe because there are two separate things going on there's there's joaquin phoenix and the joker there's matt reeves and batman i think it's too confusing and i said this years ago when we talked about the flash when the flash was on cw and doing the show and then they announced uh, ezra miller and the flash and like, why not just put that kid in, 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 from the show yeah and i said put him in there it's less confusing to people well, what's going on and it's like you yes you can separate and you can do that but i think by putting out a ben affleck the batman to us, we all know what's going on. The casual viewer, wait, who's the real Batman then? What's happening here? You know, I don't know why. Turn into Matt, Mario. What's that? You turn into Mario. Mario. I, don't, I don't know what's going on. Who's the Batman? Is it that guy? I don't know anymore. But, um, but either way, I think that you've got to focus on, if you're going to go all in on Matt Reeves and Pattinson, go all in on that. But it doesn't mean you can't bring Affleck back. You can bring him back and have him. The other question, though, by the way, is because from what I'm hearing about The Flash is that Michael Keaton has a really massive role and that he's going to be doing more as Batman. So,
0: I mean, we knew one of the things that was going to be more was going to be Batgirl. But that well, yeah,
2: he was uh, yeah. But apparently, even in the Flash, is a, he's got a lot to do in that movie. But
0: well, I can't remember. Were you at? I can't remember if you were, at CinemaCon. were you at CinemaCon. I was not. So when they showed us this big preview of it at CinemaCon, like I think the first face we saw was Michael Keaton. Right. Right. So he's, in the, he's, in, he's, in, he's in the. trailer.
2: the. trailer's voiceover is all over the.
0: Day. I st- I still think by the time Flash comes out, the movie's called Batman
2: Flashpoint. Well, either way, I so do. I do, but I do think that Affleck, I don't think he's done as Batman, obviously, as we know with Aquaman and everything, but I think that it'll continue on. I think that you're right with, the, with Dwayne Johnson wanting him back. I mean, too, but I don't think, I don't think business wise, it's now ever, maybe they do a, a movie with him, but it doesn't matter how old he is because look, they were going to do Clint Eastwood years ago, right? Even when he was, what's he now, 107 when he was, when he was like 80. Um, so I think he's going to come back. I, I do, but I don't, I just don't think it's a standalone.
1: I think the man's re-energized, he's married to J-Lo, you know, he's got his mojo back, he's clean, he's in good shape, look at it.
0: So, got, so yeah. why would he want to go well, that's back? Right.
2: back. That, thing that's that's
0: everything you just said I completely agree <laughs> I'll, with, I'll tell you, but to me that makes it is even more convincing that he wouldn't come back to it.
1: I think they had a great script. I, I do. I think whatever that, I, and I haven't read it, I think that Batman... Deathstroke script is the perfect script for him to come back and do and direct. And I think of all the places he's directed four movies for Warner Brothers, one, one, one best picture two are very respectable. And one, while it didn't do as well is still a very handsome movie. I think David Zaslav looks at him and goes, that guy directed a best picture. What other director that's working for us right now directed a best picture? Why isn't he making another? I agree.
0: I just remember that when Matt Damon talked about the conversation he had with Ben Affleck and said, doing batman is killing yeah you got to right. get away from it and i i just don't know well i think part of the reason it was we killing know what, him. We, we actually need to move on yeah, yeah, we've, yeah. we've been way too long in this. so i will ask you guys what do you think about that do you think now that henry cavill is back it's a very different situation but could the door be open for ben affleck to come back maybe yes maybe no whatever you guys think jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts all right guys With that down, we're going to take another second here and thank another sponsor of today's show, Wondery, and their new Rings of Power podcast. Guys, we want to take a moment and thank a sponsor of today's video, Wondery, and their new podcast, the official Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power podcast. Guys, it's time to go deeper into the canals of Numenor, the mines of Khazad-dûm, and more with the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast. Host Felicia Day and several special guests provide an inside look at the groundbreaking series and what it took to bring Middle-earth to life. Each episode of the official podcast features exclusive interviews with the series showrunners J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, including the very first full breakdown of the incredible season finale. Felicia also goes behind the scenes with the cast and crew to bring you jaw-dropping stories and Easter eggs that you won't want to miss. So watch The Rings of Power on Prime Video and listen to all eight episodes of the official The Lord of the Rings The Rings of Power podcast for free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app now. And thank you to our friends at Wondery for sponsoring this episode of the John Campius show. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number
3: three. Alou, what is our third main topic today? Main topic number three comes to us from Diego. Well, whining cures everything, right? Winning. Oh, Winning. <laughs>
0: Why did that's, that's everything. A very <laughs> different <laughs> meaning? That's, true. that's a very different
2: meaning. You let them win! <laughs> because
3: the, the finale for House of the Dragon season one is the most watched finale on HBO since, you guessed it, the original Game of Thrones series finale. Not only that, Deadline reports some other staggering numbers, 29 million viewers average per episode, more than tripling since the debut episode. And that House of the Dragon was more popular outside the U.S. than the original run of Game of Thrones. That's crazy. Insanity. Personally, I love this first season, and it seems a lot of other people did as well. Curious to hear the team's thoughts. Thanks, and as always, bring on the filthy.
0: All right, thanks for sending that in, Diego. And yeah, we were talking a little bit about you know House of the Dragon a little bit earlier. Where does it rank as far as his first seasons go? But now you've got to sit back and actually look at the numbers. Because going in, you know, Christian, you brought up, you allude to the fact that there was, while a lot of anticipation, there was also a lot of skepticism for a lot of people going into the show. And I think even amongst pundits and fans, we were wondering and waiting to see, are people going to come back to Westeros? You know, while some of us recognize the brilliance of the final season of Game of Thrones... Uh, reality is a lot of people didn't. A lot of people didn't really like the last season and it left some people feeling jaded. And we were wondering, will they come back and check out this show? Because a lot of people, well, you know how we as fans are online. I'm never going to watch that. And then of course we tune in and watch it. We've all done it. Don't pretend you haven't. So we were all sitting there wondering and then it debuted and the numbers were staggering and they've just gone up and up and up and up to like bone chilling kind of numbers. The types of numbers, like the original Game of Thrones series took a couple of seasons to get to. Of course, one gets to stand on the shoulders of the other, but even more impressive numbers. This comes to us from Deadline. They wrote the following. All episodes of the series are averaging 29 million viewers in the U.S. It's average, Uh, more than tripling their average debut audience with strong catch up viewing, according to HBO. Season seven of Game of Thrones averaged 32.8 million viewers per episode in the U.S. House of the Dragons also trended at number one on Twitter for 10 consecutive hours in the U.S. Sunday night. Outside of the U.S., House of the Dragons surpassed even Game of Thrones season eight, making it the most viewed HBO title ever in Latin America, Europe, Southeast Asia, Hong Kong and Taiwan on an HBO streaming service. That again comes to us a deadline. Again, look at that number. Season seven as the show had grown and grown and grown and grown and grown of Game of Thrones, hit an average of 32.9 million viewers. Season one of House of the Dragon, years later, almost at that. That, I think, has to exceed any hope or expectation that the folks over at HBO had for this show going in. Because again, even they had to know this was a little bit of a roll of the dice. And one of the more impressive things, too, is, we, Rob, we have to keep reminding ourselves that they had another House of the, or Game of Thrones prequel that they axed. That they had shot the pilot, they had all that kind of stuff done, they had spent sunk millions and millions of dollars into it, and they axed it and then came out of the gates with this. So Christian, let me throw this over to you and ask you this. Obviously, these numbers are impressive, and, and obviously they probably catch us by surprise. What do you think was the thing that overcame those hurdles of a lot of negative reception of season eight, it had been a few years since Game of Thrones? What is the main contributor, do you think, to these types of numbers being here?
2: Well, I think Rob said it before. Is like one of the, and, and, and to couple off what you just said with the pilot that they shot with um, Naomi Watts and everyone, yeah. one of the reasons they scrapped that is because it took place like 10,000 years before or whatever it was, and there wasn't a lot. It was like a, a like a paragraph or two or whatever it was. There was nothing. They really would have to start from scratch and kind of make things up the way that they did for the last season of of Game of Thrones. This is a detailed almost roman history book uh, that yeah. they have that they can pull and they did and as you mentioned before they had george rr martin so that was a major major factor of why because it it had that feel and that magic of the first couple seasons of the original game of thrones so that's part one um the other thing is because, as I mentioned earlier, it's the contained story, and it's the idea of getting to know these characters, understanding. Cause some people thought it was rushed and that the time jumps, the time jumps were, were going to scare me at first. So I'm like, okay, I'm getting so invested in, in like, say, like Millie Adcock, right? Now I'm going to lose her, and Darcy's like, hold my beer, it'll be all right. Um, <laughs> and and, and they were right because it, they, it's the casting, it's the writing, it's the involvement. The involvement is the biggest thing. It's like. It, it's just, it just shows, put the time and effort into quality and writing. And I think Andor shows that also, the writing and the involvement of it. And people will, if they're watching it, they'll, they're going to respond to it.
0: Rob, what would you attribute this to? Like a lot of, listen, with these types of numbers, a lot of people who swore they'd never go back to the world of Game of Thrones after season eight obviously did come back. What was that spurring factor, do you think, that brought everybody back? Well, I think that the world of Westeros and how detailed it is. Like
1: when you watch this show, you know, John, I'm always talking about authorship. Whatever I watch, I don't care if it's a comedy, a drama, science fiction, fantasy, horror, I wanna feel that there is authorship in the product that I'm watching. That the people that made it had something to say and they really understand what it is that they made. And even, look, even as much as I can be critical of season eight or even season seven of Game of Thrones, it still felt like Game of Thrones. There was still the authorship. This show feels like it's part of the same world. It feels yeah. like what I am watching belongs there. It doesn't diminish anything. I don't sit there and go, well, I mean, it helps that it takes place, you know, in in, in King's Landing and all that. But it also feels it has that same quality, of, even though it's a different kind of a story. It's self-contained. It's faster paced. You're not trying to keep track of what land are they here you're worrying about could ravens actually fly that far and all that you're not worried about all that because you buy into it and i think quality wins out and this show the writing and the acting i mean i love the fact that i think that matt smith is probably the most well-known actor but they found all of these incredible british theater actors that have a just they have a gravitas to them that you you can't find a lot on, on I, I don't want to put down American television, but they just, they look right. Mm. You know, you look at these actors and there's an authenticity, you know, dare I say it, verisimilitude. And you never not believe what you're watching. And that that verisimilitude is really hard to do. And it's right here in every episode of this show. I think, again, you brought up Andor.
0: Same is true of Andor. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I love Andor so yeah. much. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about these nothing short of staggering numbers that we got for the house of the dragon series. What do you attribute that to? Why do you think it drew, drew in so many people and was able to just keep building on it? Whatever you think those factors are, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys with that down, let's move on to main topic. Number
3: four. Alou, what is our fourth main topic today? Main topic. Number four comes to us from Jordan Warner. Greetings, Campia crew. I've just read that the higher-ups at Disney have directed Lucasfilm to stop making film announcements along with their respective creatives attached. It makes sense since none of their announced movies appear to come to fruition, with their announced movies being either put on hold, mentioned once and then never mentioned again, or just canceled outright. Does this seem like the right decision? I think so. Thanks, and bring on the filthy.
0: All right, thanks a lot for saying that in, Jordan. And yeah, look, let let me me just preface everything I'm gonna say with, with two things. One, if there was a sports-like Hall of Fame for Hollywood, I think Kathleen Kennedy is a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, Steven Spielberg calls her the most gifted producer in Hollywood history. I, I don't know if I would call her that, but she's right up there. Her resume is second to none. And I was all for her selection as being the new leader of Lucasfilm when George Lucas selected her. I was all for it because her resume was impeccable. I no longer think that this is the right job for her. You guys know that I've said this for a couple of years now that I think there's just been a number of things that have shown that this is not the right job for her. That being said, we also as fans have to keep in mind that a lot of times these reports and everything that come out in big trades like the Hollywood Reporter, Variety, The Wrap, Deadline, things like that. Are not announcements that Lucasfilm has made. There's been a lot of stories that have come out and say, well, they announced this. Well, actually, technically, no, they didn't announce it. What happened is that the scoopers of Variety, through their contacts, discovered some stuff and they did a report about it, but they didn't announce it. But still, you can't get away from the fact that there are a number of movie products that Kathleen Kennedy has straight up announced. Too many. And times. we are sitting here going, well, where are any of them? This comes to us from the folks over at starwarsnews.net. They wrote the following, and this is good. Listen to this. Ever since The Rise of Skywalker premiered in theaters back in 2019, Kathleen Kennedy has announced two live-action Star Wars movies on May 4th of 2020. The company released the official statement saying that Taika Waititi would be co-writing and directing a new film set in the galaxy far, far away. It's been two and a half years, and the movie is still not written. Later that year, on December 10th, It was also announced that Patty Jenkins will be directing Rogue Squadron. Now that project is on the back burner. As a result, Puck News is saying that Disney CEO Bob Chapek has advised Kathleen Kennedy to stop announcing projects until they are set in stone to avoid further negative press surrounding the franchise and the company. And again, that comes to us from StarWarsNews.net. And everybody here knows that I am the founding member of the Bob Chapek fan club. Uh, Quite the opposite. I don't like Bob Chapek, but this is absolute wisdom coming from paycheck. This is absolute (laughs) wisdom. He's absolutely right. This whole thing of getting out ahead of yourself, and I'll tell you what, Christian, this has been, and again, I have nothing but good things to say about Kathleen Kennedy outside of her role as head of Lucasfilm, okay? Hall of Famer, absolutely to me. But this is the calling card of the Kathleen Kennedy-led Lucasfilm, getting too far ahead of herself. And I'm not just talking about announcements, right? Before the announcements of all these projects start to fall apart, you know, I jokingly said before, this is some DC shit going on here. But before even that, she has developed and built a reputation that she gets far too ahead of herself in even selecting directors and writers. Because I think one out of every 2.3, I did the math once, of the projects they announced, she lost a director or a writer. Mm-hmm. Where somebody like Kevin Feige, with this, let's like one out of every seven or eight which is more normal for, for Hollywood standards. So she would hire filmmakers that she had no idea if she was on the same page with or not, eventually have to lose them. That's happened four or five or six times. And then, you know, hey, Taika Waititi, we need some good press. Taika Waititi is doing this thing. Is it actually set? No, but we'll announce it anyway. And then it leaves us as Star Wars fans going, where, what's going on? You combine that with the fact of getting ahead of yourself. We're going back now to some old gripes, okay? Old gripes here. As much as I love The Force Awakens, as we moved through that new trilogy and we got to the end of The Rise of Skywalker, we realized, oh, there was never a plan for this trilogy. They never actually had this trilogy planned out. They were flying by the seat of their pants every single time. And Christian, it is, especially as somebody who is as big of a fan of Kathleen Kennedy as I am, and I think she can step out of Luke's film, go back and keep producing hits. The reality has been incredibly frustrating- Watching what seems like a directionless, rudderless, getting ahead of ourselves, which makes you look reactionary than anything else, rather than if you look across the hallway at the Disney lot, a Kevin Feige, who is meticulous, planned. Hey, listen, even though I haven't been the biggest fan of Phase 4, still a lot of stuff in Phase 4 I like, Kevin Feige is detailed oriented, planning years in advance, making sure every piece fits together properly, making sure he's picking filmmakers that he can work with, all that kind of stuff. It's such a contrast. And again, I want to give credit where it's due. Kathleen Kennedy has also shepherded some big, big wins over there, whether that's a rogue one uh, Mandalorian, uh, things like that. I, I, I love the first of the trilogy of the force awakens, but it, this Hearing this is no surprise, and yeah, I think Disney and Bob Chapek, they're absolutely right to step in and say, what's going on? Now, I've already heard some people saying, well, this is good because I don't want them to rush. It's been three years. Rushing is three weeks. That's rushing. Three years isn't rushing, and three years isn't being patient. Three years is being negligent. Three years is, my God, we have botched this so badly. It's just it's frustrating to me anyway christian uh bring some sanity to this you hear about this report that apparently paycheck told her listen you got to <laughs> stop making these announcements until like we're ready to shoot these things what do you think about this report what do you take away from it
2: well first of all i want paycheck and Zoloff to go on a comedy tour um <laughs> paycheck and zola yeah but what i will say is um there's a lot there's a lot here uh, i agree with you that i think that kathleen kennedy has a lot of producer wins she is a really great producer overall Great producer doesn't mean great head of a company. I agreed. Um, and I think that one of the main reasons also is that I think that, and I think we're going to see the difference in her producing, because I believe that the new Indiana Jones is going to be magical. I think it's going to be
0: magical. And well, I think, look who they got directing.
2: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And I think she's going to get the win for that. But that's the, those are the types of movies that Kathleen Kennedy should be producing. And they're the, they're, they're, they are kind of like a one off. They are these things that don't have to necessarily, when you go, she, she wants it both ways, in the way that I look at it, where you know she's going to have these meetings like, well, let's do what Marvel's doing. Marvel went out there and they announced this, they announced this, they announced this, and we have this whole big thing of what we're going to do, and we'll get the good directors and we'll do that. But she goes through this old school way with star wars that you can't do and that's as you said no plan for the new trilogy it was jj abrams people are going to love people love jj people are going to get a lot of excitement around it and then we'll hopefully we can get him to sign on for another one. Oh, he can't he's not busy oh uh, well ryan what do you want to do all uh, right ryan go ahead and do your thing oh nobody liked his movie well jj change it up do it oh wait colin travaro you're part of it no we want jj back so see you later and it's like and then the, the stuff that happened with lord and miller um Gareth Edwards, who, yeah. let's call it what it was. Tony Gilroy directed that movie. Otherwise, where's he been? And don't forget about Josh Trank. Josh, I was going to say, Josh Trank. Um, there's so many different things that have happened that way because, as you said, it's, I have, the, I, because Josh Trank was coming off of a Chronicle or whatever it was. Yeah. He's great. Hot director. People love him. I do think, and what should be said is, I think if, you're gonna, if she's going to stick around through Lucasfilm, she should be running the film division the way she's running the television division. Right. Because and I think that she's because and and I and I'm going to say this and I and I I believe it. She's not a Star Wars fan. Does she believe in the product? Of course she does. But she's not a Star Wars fan. The difference is someone like a Kevin Feige. If you bring up Secret Wars to Kevin Feige, he'll talk to you for about three hours. If you bring up Darth Bane to Kathleen Kennedy, you think she's going to have an hour long conversation with you about the the inner workings of Darth Bane? No. Is that a requirement? No, it's not. But I think it's important at this point in the stage because it's a matter of what you're releasing, and and I think that you've got to pay attention to what people are wanting outside of it in the film industry, in the film portion. What we're talking about here, if you don't release something. They said, oh, yeah, Taika's movie's coming out in 2023. No, it's not. Don't say that. <laughs> it's going to come out in 2020. You don't know when it's coming out. That movie's not even going to be the next one. And they're smart. That's why you're getting all this press now with Damon Lindelof. Because Lindelof will be the one, if, I, if I, I'm going to guess that that's the one that they're going to launch with. It's going to be in a more serious tone.
0: Absolutely the next one. has to absolutely. be the
2: one. has to be because that's, you have the most, because with Lindelof can develop that. Taika's doing 7,000 different things right now. You got it. You got to have someone that's focused in on it and wants to fire in and do it. And Lindelof will be that guy. Lindelof now that they have the director attached, this to me seems the most realistic thing that we've talked about. Still, they didn't announce this one. This one wasn't announced. This one. No, was this reg- one got leaked. This yeah. one got leaked. I mean, Snyder reported on this like months ago, but it wasn't re- released. When they finally do, it'll it should be as they say in this report. It should be ready to go and tell us everything about it. Tell us casting, release it that way. Because I just don't think that the plan has been, there's been no plan. And been it's, been, no it's, plan. it's been super sloppy. And I agree with um, paycheck, JPEC, that it, should, uh, it, 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 it you should stop until we have something.
0: And, you know, there was some, there was some speculation going, because she said back in mm-hmm. May, back in May, she said, no, it, well, it might have been March. She said back in March, I'll have some movie announcements to make in the next couple of months. Right. And that was going to coincide with D23. No, you're right, celebration. Yeah. And of course, they didn't say anything because that's probably when Bob stepped in and said, so listen, stop doing uh, this. unless everything is on yeah. the dotted line, I's or Dot, T's or Cross,
2: stop telling people stuff. No one takes it serious anymore. Every time yeah. you look at it, you it, you say that. I can't even tell you how many times a commenter or say, if you say a report comes out that so and so's in a movie, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, that comes that's out where we're that's at. all of the time.
0: Rob, you're hearing this thing. Apparently, they're stepping in and telling, look, you got to stop making these announcements whatever. We've gone now three years, not only without a Star Wars movie. We've gone three years without even a Star Wars movie going into production. And we don't know when it's going to happen. Anyway, what do you think about this story?
1: Well, I, I keep thinking about what I've always told, like independent filmmakers. I, don't I'm do, like, it. don't, don't <laughs> do it. Don't do it. Don't put your project on the IMDb until it's shot. Mm-hmm. There's no reason that it needs everyone. I want my name on the IMDb. Tch. Don't do it. Once your movie is shot and it's in the can, then put it on the IMDb because then it's real. I can't tell you. I've been on uh, on projects on the IMDb still that haven't ever been made. I hate that. I don't know why Disney or Lucasfilm even feels the need to announce projects before they're made. Like, I understand the industry wants to report on it. People will, they'll leak. They should just say, hey, you know what? When We're ready to announce something. We will shoot it. Go out and make it. Don't say anything. There's no, it's Star Wars or Marvel. You don't have to tell anybody shit. Make your movie. I think it, it has been damaging to the brand. You know, Michelle Rejwan, who who was Kathleen Kennedy's right hand person, stepped down. Deadline was She was boarded. the
0: senior vice president S- of physical production.
1: Senior yeah. vice president of production. She's gone. She's probably tired because they w- weren't making anything. I mean, they were making TV shows. She's producing The Acolyte. She's a producer on, on, um, uh, and or she probably wanted to make things. That's what She, she kind of
0: directly shepherded
1: uh, Acolyte yeah. up to this So point. she's now going off and producing that. This Damon Lindelof project was the direct result of a writer's workshop that began this summer. So he's working on this with another writer, which wasn't reported in this leak, from what I understand. I don't know the name of that a writer. A
0: name has now come out. I can't, I can't yeah, remember yeah. who it was. So the
1: they had developed out. that, which I can see like, oh, we've got, because no one else has a script. So they have an idea. They probably they probably actually wrote a draft of that script. It turned out great. They're like, okay. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Damon Lindelof's work, but obviously, you know, some of the stuff he's done for TV, especially, has been quite good. Um, His feature work. I mean, he wrote Tomorrowland. Disney's probably like, really, do we have to have him come back? But okay. so he's he's doing this. They've got a script. They probably workshopped it, which is something you need to do. It's done they hire a director that that has directed some features, interesting features. She's won Academy Awards, both in documentary work and short film work. She's won six Emmys or something. She's in the
0: Disney house, having just done Ms. Marvel.
1: And, and done Ms. Marvel. And by the way, she's Pakistani-Canadian.
0: Good Canadian. Well, then you automatically know it's going to uh, work. I, you know, I'm, and so she's been
1: an activist. So I would imagine that she probably has something interesting to bring to the Star Wars universe. So... That makes sense to me. But I'm like, why do you have to announce anything? You're Star Wars. Just make it. Don't announce it. It Just like you said, it looks ridiculous that they keep saying these things. Of course, this, this news did not come directly from Disney. They didn't re- announce, like, here's our next project. It kind of leaked. Yeah. But, I mean, they made a video with Patty Jenkins right. on an airstrip
2: yeah, with an actual... Yeah. you know
1: cgi of an x-wing she fighter
2: said taika was doing a movie like six months ago it was, like, it was coming out in 2023 it's like no it's not with TD. the guy is now an
1: oscar winner for an original script he wrote he doesn't need to make a star wars movie i know everyone thinks you know star wars should be there look i just think lucasfilm
0: should only have to announce these things once they're real all right guys question is for you what do you think about this? There's been a lot of talk, very little action uh, when it comes to Star Wars. It's been years since the movie project, lots of things announced, very few things materialized. What do you think about this story? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down into the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down and out of the way, we are now going to open up the Super Chats, so this is your time. If you've got a thought, theory, opinion, or a question that you'd like us to address here on the show, go ahead and use the Super Chat feature now and send those in. It's only going to be left open for a few minutes, so get them in quickly if you can. But until, before I mean we get to those live questions, we're going to take a second and thank the main sponsor of our show, Ryan Reynolds, and my phone service company, Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to take a second to thank the sponsor of this video, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month. And now for the plot twist. I'm just kidding. There isn't one. Mint Mobile just has premium wireless from 15 bucks a month. There's no trapping you into a two-year contract or opening the bill to find all these crazy fees. There's no luring you in with free subscriptions to streaming services that you'll forget to cancel and be charged full price for. With my old wireless provider, every month when I opened the bill, it was like playing roulette. I never knew how big the bill was going to be and it always seemed to get bigger. With Mint Mobile, it's totally different. I know exactly how little I'm paying every month and there's never any surprises. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a family. And at Mint Mobile, families start at just two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And guys, you get to use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. So transferring over couldn't be easier. So to get premium wireless from just 15 bucks a month and no unexpected plot twists, go to mintmobile.com/campia. That's mintmobile.com/campia. You'll make your wallet very happy at mintmobile.com/campia. And thank you to our friends at Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia show. Guys, I I mean I really do have to emphasize it again. I am spending one third of what I used to be paying on my phone bills. The service is great. You must, and changing over couldn't be easier. Go and check out Mint Mobile. Use the promo code and uh, tell them John says hello. All right. With that now down, guys, let's get into those super chats you guys have been sending in. So,
3: Alou, what do we got? All right. Stubble McShave says, did you see the trailer for Tom Hanks' A Man Called Otto? It's more or less a scene for scene remake of the Swedish A Man Called Ove which is a really good movie based on a novel by Frederick Beckman.
0: I heard that the trailer dropped, but I have not seen it yet, to be honest with you. Have you seen this trailer? I have seen the
1: trailer, and it actually is a remake of that movie. Uh, And I thought, you know what? It looks good, but it's so weird to see Tom Hanks as a curmudgeon. I, I mean, he looks like he's great in the role, but I almost think that he's kind of miscast. Because because he's
0: America's dad.
1: And I, I mean, but but it, it clearly looks like a very heartwarming film, and it's kind of interesting well, to see Well, he did try to that.
0: do Geppetto, and yeah. that didn't work out yeah, so no. well.
2: But um, uh, it, the movie does look delightful. Did you
0: see this trailer yet?
2: No, I, saw, I, saw, I just saw it. It came out, and I was like, oh, I wonder what that is. Yeah, I haven't it's a, it's it It's a, a good trailer.
0: All right, what's next? Uh, support. Which one? Right below. You need to do Keon Jenkins? Oh,
3: really. Oh, Keon... Oh, Jenkins sent in a super chat. Thank you, and then Romy Forever also sent in a super chat. Thank you so much, Stubble? Ryan. Oh, sorry. No,
1: we just did that. Oh, we, we did, did that. that one. One. Okay, great.
3: Ryan Loner says, "Now that House of the Dragon mentioned." Lord Grover Tully, maybe we can also see his son Elmo and grandsons Kermit and Oscar. I'm not joking, and feel free to look it up if you don't believe me.
0: Yeah, the Tully names are all based off of Muppets. True? Uh, That's yes. true? <laughs>
2: That's true. <laughs>
3: that
0: is true. Confirmed I, by George I, R. R. Martin. So. Yeah, I didn't know that before. It's somebody, it might have been Taylor that pointed that out yesterday. Oh, no, someone wrote into the after show about it, though. Uh, yeah. why did the after mm. show about it, right. So, and like, once they said, I'm like, oh my gosh, I never put two and two together, but you're absolutely right. I love that he did that. Grover Tully's a great name, though. No. Oh, it, yeah, rover I, is a great yeah, name it's, it's a great name by the way i have to, i forgot to mention this during the show today but i i have to mention it now because uh uh taylor well you know i do get annoyed sometimes how often my phone alarm goes off with the uh, incoming text messages i gotta say <laughs> taylor this morning sent one out that made me giggle pretty hard uh you guys remember a little bit earlier in the show today we talked about and i forgot to mention it then that uh doctor who is uh going over to disney so taylor taylor writes in our in our uh, uh, staff thread, he writes, oh, also just came out, Kanye West just can't claim credit for creating Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, of course, goes back to yesterday's show, which you have to know. So that, that made me laugh out loud. And Lou we is them. wearing a Django Unchained yeah, t-shirt. Oh, oh she yeah. is? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that this morning.
3: I love that. Should have worn it yesterday, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? All right, Amin says. I hope that by celebration in April, we will at the very least have a clear schedule of Star Wars films and shows for the next couple of years. Don't hold your breath.
2: <laughs> I think you get shows. I think you'll have shows. Like I think Ahsoka is yeah. going to get the heavy push for sure. You finally get something. An acolyte. Are you as like? For, I am huge on. I. I am. That's my most anticipated. Same, films thing. But it, was it baffling to you? Like, n- I, if you don't have anything to show, as we were just talking about, don't show anything, right? I get it. But we know that that show is happening. All the casting that's coming out. D23, nothing. Celebration, nothing. Like, like, but not even a mention. Not even like, hey, by the way, we have Leslie who's working on this. And we just, because uh, Amandala was announced at the press line at Comic-Con. Not even a yeah. celebration. It was so weird. But like, I think there'll be a heavy push on Ahsoka, a heavy push on the Acolyte. As we just mentioned in that report. They ain't touching films until, and I think you're right, until you're really close and they're about to they know when the production d- date is when they're gonna start shooting. That's when. When they have it like locked in, that's when they're gonna announce it. I agree. All right, what's next?
3: Andy says to add to your most anticipated 2023 comic book TV shows, there's also the boys' spin-off Gen V. Also, Gotham Knights is clearly gonna sweep the Emmys. Yeah, clearly. I forgot
0: <laughs> about the spin-off show. That's, that's right, you mentioned close. you mentioned the boys. Right. I'm like, yeah, but that's not new. The boys' spin-off, which of course uh we're we're still a little sore. Aaron Aaron came this close to getting one of the lead roles in that show. Oh, and Tom wow. did too. Her husband Tom, they both get this close to getting lead roles in that Gen show. Gen V
1: is a great title. Yeah, and listen, boys, I for I mean
0: bring on I don't actually say it out loud myself. It's always in the emails, but bring on the filthy because that show is going to be Filthy.
1: It's going to be the euphoria of or so, it's,
0: what's uh, the one show that's out now? The the sex life of college girls. There's a show. Is that what it's yeah. called? That's out. Mm-hmm. Sex life. It's going to be the boys meets the sex life of college girls, mixed with porkies, mixed with whatever. Isn't that show
1: just girls swiping on their phones and nothing else happens?
0: <laughs> um. No. I think that's your Saturday night. You oh. Oh. Boy. Wait. Sorry. All right. What's next?
3: K Major says. Bob Chapek is a scroll. That's why
0: he's right. He's a scroll. Yeah, he must have been replaced. This Bob Chapek actually did something right. It must be a scroll. It's the bearded versus the unbearded.
3: Listen, I gotta tell you
0: what, I give credit where it's due. Ever since Chapek grew that beard, because that's a not I could I couldn't I can't wear a beard. Mm-hmm. You can wear a beard. I, like I, I think there's a lot of guys who can't wear it well. Chapek rocks that beard. He looks really good, and ever since. He's been making some okay decisions. I don't He's know the scroll. It's, just, it's the scroll thing. The beard is the dead giveaway. All right, what's next?
3: Andy says to what Rob said. If they make a world's finest movie, how careful do you think WBD and filmmakers would be with it? Regardless of one's opinion on the film, the Batman and Superman IPs were damaged by Batman v Superman. It's.
0: Uh, look i'm not going to deny that even though i am a fan of batman versus Super. I, I like the film it wasn't as good as it could have been it was certainly wasn't as successful as it could have been but i liked it i i had a good time with it um i think you know and there, there's gonna be some disagreement on this i think they are going to be very careful with with all their stuff i, I think the very fact that they Look at Blue Beetle and said, This is great. We're going to promote this. There was that little horror film that's coming out too from the Evil Dead. Evil Dead Rises. The, the Evil Dead Rises. Which they drop a, a trailer on Monday. Which, you know, the previous regime was, This is going to be a straight to HBO thing. The new one's like, No, this is really, really good. We're going to promote this up to being theatrical. The fact that they axed Batgirl and stuff like that because it wasn't good. I think they're going to be very careful with this. Now, listen, you can be as careful as you want to be. It doesn't mean it's going to work right? I mean, everybody has bad days at the office. You can be very meticulous and very careful. It increases your chances of doing well, but again, I, I don't think we're going to have a World's Finest movie anytime soon. I hope you you're right what, though.
1: You know what though? If we could, I would say that the problem with the Zack Snyder's version, and I liked it, was so it was so dark and oppressive. If you made a World's Finest movie that embraced that title and made a Batman, Superman, I mean, if you look at that picture of them, the two of them together, that one we just showed, yeah. if that if that sort of ethos, the make, make it world's finest and make it bright, and I'm not saying bright and sunny, you can still have villains and all that. You could make a really fun, I mean, if something had the tone of, of like a back to the future with Batman and Superman, a fun romp of a movie. And I'm not saying you have to make it a comedy. I'm talking about a movie that has that 80s, fun feel to it i don't know what that would look like but there's been certainly comic books they could
0: draw from to do that all right what's next
3: super crazy movie geek says will indiana jones ever be recast in the next 50 years
0: 100% guarantee
2: 100% 50 years probably
0: yeah yeah i mean i I don't think in the next six months i don't think in the first year or two after the movie after this one finally comes out but it's too recognizable it's too valuable of an ip it's just too valuable. So you can have all the sentimentality that you want. Well, you know, Harrison's our only indie. That's great. Harrison's in his 80s. Right. It's, they, they will, there will be another Indiana Jones 1000% guarantee.
2: I don't know if it's going to be in the next five years. No, 50, 50 is pretty much, it. I, I, think, you I got think, a pretty good 10? shot. Yeah, I really, I think it also depends on the success of this film. And I will, because I, I've always had, I always thought the idea could be um, of a blend of, you know harrison ford telling his story almost like they did in young indiana jones in that one episode when you flash back and you see young indiana jones and you could kind of pass the torch that way but i think for now if he can do it this is the last one he's going to do he's he's pretty much just said that so um but i think within 20 yeah see
0: i think if this thing cracks 700 million dollars to the box office they ain't going to sit on it that long
2: Lucasfilm can't can't even get a movie off the ground in four years i know i know all right what's next
3: okay son of john says get well ray
0: yeah and of course for those you know ray is out of hospital now he's back home i picked him up from the hospital last night took him out to get something to eat he's What'd back he... home now what do you uh have? he had fish tacos <laughs> nice oh you're a lazy tacos. dog what's that
2: did you go to lazy dog we did he loves the fish tacos we there.
0: tried to go to badlands which has the best ribs in the area like but uh, like most barbecue places. We forgot that it was closed on Mondays. So we took him over to Lazy Dog, had the fish tacos. So he's resting up at home. Uh, You probably will see him jump back in the live chat again, starting tomorrow, but he'll be working from home for the next week or so. All right, what's next?
3: J master says my anticipated comic shows of 2023 secret invasion, X-Men 97 Agatha. What if season two Loki season two Ironheart and echo,
0: you know, we didn't really talk much about what if or, or bring up what if, um again that's the second season so that doesn't really count or qualify we're talking about first seasons i yeah what if to me was it was hit and miss there was a couple episodes that were great yeah and a couple episodes
2: that were like well that was a waste of time but i I, would have liked it more i i I really did like it i actually really enjoyed it i just remember getting so excited about the doctor strange stuff that they did which was my favorite stuff inside of it and how it was going to play into multiverse yeah nothing no, nothing. And Listen, it had nobody nothing to do with me. it. Nobody believed me when I said, because
0: I said this once and I said, um, you do not have to watch What If. It's not going to have any relevance on anything. You're right. going to be able to watch everything. Well, they else. sold it like it did. And yeah, they sold they it did. like it did. But then you watch movies like, yep, if it, somebody never watched What If, they wouldn't right. be missing a thing.
2: The whole yeah. Ultron thing and like how all that was going to play. And it's just, I love it just, that. I did too, but it's just going to play into season two. It's not going to play into the MCU as a whole. All same. right. What's next? Bummer.
3: Chef Bienis says, Do you think a big name like God of War could have an impact in the box office for Black Panther? It comes out two days before the movie. I'm personally more excited about the game than Black Panther.
0: I don't really think so. Look, will it have an impact? Sure, it'll have an impact. Absolutely. But even the most hardcore, and I know some pretty hardcore gamers, uh, they know. Yeah, it's on my PS4. Five or my Xbox, I can come right back to it. I'm just gonna step out for a couple hours, that's go what, see this that's movie. That's what
2: gamers come... do. I've had those, those situations where like, oh, this is amazing, this is coming out. I'm gonna go see uh, Black Panther, and then when I get home, I'm gonna play some more God of War. Like, I've done that with other games and movie yeah. combos. Now, are there some
0: people who are like, sure. I can't step away from my <laughs> game. Listen, you're talking to a guy who would play World of Warcraft with a two liter bottle of Coke beside me, drink all the Coke, and then reuse the empty bottle <laughs> so I wouldn't have to go to the bathroom and leave my game.
2: Just don't forget that's not Coke anymore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <so just laughs> I remember that is not apple juice in the Coke bottle. A lot of piss I, bottles I, in seriously, there. I would get a loaf of bread, a jar of peanut butter, a two-liter bottle of Coke, and I would not move from my station. Did you use a
2: funnel? That's <laughs> that that a good idea. You know, all of a sudden, you thought it was water rolling. mistake.
0: Just good aim. Powerful stream. Good aim. All good. <laughs> All right, so, so I get it. So some people will do that, I'm sure. But I, I, as far as any real tangible, you can feel it impact, I don't think so. I think it'll be okay.
2: All right, what's next? The, the stream or what? What's that?
0: <laughs>
3: oh,
2: man.
0: Oh, All man. right, what's next?
3: Ron H. says... One of two. One of two. Uh, episode 650 of My One Piece Journey. <laughs> After defeating a gas form, mad scientists, and rescuing kidnapped kids being turned into giants through drugs, the crew is on another strange adventure.
0: This is right up here. do 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 do, do. Right There All it right. is. Two-two. Oh.
3: They land in a city of humans and living toys, fighting fish inhabited uh, nearby waters, and a battle royale competition is taking place where the winner gets power-giving fruit. Riverdale who? I thought it's, at first, from
0: where I'm sitting, I thought that says gets power-giving fluff. I'm like, oh. okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, I Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I have never watched One Piece, and everything I hear about it does not increase my desire to come watch it because you're right it sounds totally like what riverdale you're gonna get a live action series yep apparently they're they're gonna do that and (laughs) i'll I'll check it out when it does and if it's great maybe it'll drive me to the animated stuff to check it out have you ever watched any of the animated one piece stuff
3: yeah i love one piece but i just i feel like i'm gonna be an old lady when i finish it i'm I'm (laughs) with all the other shows you have to watch too to keep track like i don't even know is anyone caught up with one piece in the world
0: it's like being a comic book fan in the nineteen eighties. Like how many series you got to buy? All right, what's next?
3: Norwegian Kryptonian says, "If this Star Wars movie takes place on Tatooine in between trilogies, I'm out." I'm oh. in.
2: <laughs> I love that sand.
0: <laughs> I listen. One one of the great things about Andor is there's not a unless it's on the Miami Beach. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that which was great. Listen, so, there's got to be vacation spots. Yeah. In that, I please don't go back to Tatooine anymore. Please, if there's, there's a bright a real... center to
1: the universe, <laughs> oh, you're nice. on the planet that it's furthest
0: from, and just, yet we go back there over and over and over Because, you know, listen, from the volume point of view, it is the easiest right. environment to do. I know. Just just sand as far as the eye can see, but yeah, time to stay away from Or Tatooine. Jakku.
2: Any of the desert Yeah, yeah any yeah. of the desert No planets. desert planets. Just <laughs> get away
0: from the desert planets. All right, what's next?
3: Suthia says... Chris, you look great. New haircut? Can't tell.
0: Uh, No hat. (laughs) (laughs)
3: That's
0: that's the big key. That's That's the big difference today. Thank you. Very nice. All right. What's next?
3: Al Rencha says, if Affleck Batman movie happens, John will hallelujah and turn into Homelander doing soup goop. LOL.
0: I'll tell you what. (laughs) I'll tell you what.
2: Tell you what? While
0: I am telling you that it ain't happened. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. If it did. If we both got Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck Bat, back i'd be one fucking happy but what do you
2: say are you saying they like give him back in the role for movies he's or,
0: dceu's batman again period he's but, their what, full-time
2: batman but what if again. he's back in these movies where he's popping in in almost um, a lot of the movies the way like iron man did for a while after he didn't have any movies but there's no standalone movie
0: if it's significant like black that's widow the mcu yeah. movies if it's a significant role like black widow i'm i'm fine with I that i think too. that's what we're gonna get I think we're going to get a couple of quick cameos okay. from them, but I, I think that's it. But if if you're right, if you're right, I mean, I hope you are. <laughs> yeah, you you don't want to be standing within twenty yards of me. I, that's, I'll just I'll just say that you won't. Yeah, you you won't want to be. Any, <laughs> you, <laughs> you won't want to be anywhere near me <laughs> if that happens. All right, what's next?
3: Waleed Haji says Ant Man looks cartoonish. They need less volume.
0: I, you know, Rob, you were pointing that out. I, I, and, I, you know, that might have something because when we watched the trailer the other day, I'm like, I like it. So, as a first trailer, very excited, right? But I didn't think it was great as a trailer. Maybe that's part of it, that it was just so abstract and so kind of crazy <laughs> that it, there was nothing tangible about it to me.
1: No, I, I, I look, I agree. Again, you've got to give us character and story. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you something the Marvel Cinematic Universe did that in its initial stages. And if you go back and you watch something like both Winter Soldier and Civil War, those Captain America movies, there's a lot of reality to them. You know, you're in real places, like you're going to the the Triskelion or you're going, you're seeing when when Captain America meets Sam Wilson for the first time jogging uh, in Washington, D.C. It felt real. And I think that's really one of the problems with Marvel uh, uh, Phase 4 is a lot of it feels so lightweight because there's too much unreality.
0: All right, what's next?
3: South Texas Shark says, we know Taylor does a great Rob impersonation, <laughs> but who does a great Ray impersonation? Also hoping Ray gets better soon.
0: One Punch Man. No, I,
3: that's that's, that's well, all I've
0: actually,
2: got. Actually, I would say since sitting in Ray's chair, I'm in the essence coming <laughs> from the chair. It's I the moon essence. I can't stop talking about Moonfall. I've been mm-hmm. watching Morbius Morning, Noon, and Night. <laughs> I've been eating cheesy poofs with chopsticks. Moonfall, baby. <laughs> that's oh, a, he eats
0: his, <laughs> his cheese puffs with uh with chopsticks but actually that's a very very smart move it was funny we we're, were walking into uh the uh the hospital last night and i will let ray explain why but i'm a little upset with ray i think it's just because because of the, what happened what, what got him into the hospital I'm a little mad at him, but I'll give him a hard time once he's uh, all feeling a lot better. But it's funny because Anne and I were walking into the hospital because we were getting ready to get him discharged. And I'm like, <laughs> and I still, and turned to me and said, are you having an argument with Ray right now by yourself? I'm like, yes. Because I'm like, I told Ray, blah, blah, blah. And what he'll say is, blah, 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 and I'll tell him, listen, dude. Blah, blah, and He's like, are you having an argument with Ray without him actually being here? I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Anyway, it will be good to have him back in studio. All right, what's next?
3: Ben Rayner with a $50 Super Chat. Thank you, Ben, so much, man. It's incredibly generous of you, dude. Hi, guys. Thanks for the show today. I'm confused. When did Henry leave DCEU? That's the difference between Ben and Henry. Ben officially left DCEU and Henry really never left. Maybe I'm wrong, but no, I don't think Ben will be back because of it.
0: Now we're getting into semantics. We're not having you back is kind of the same as saying you're I've left. Right. But I mean that's the situation they're in. Warner Brothers made it pretty clear under Toby Emmerich that They were done. They were out of the Henry Cavill as Superman business. They were then moving forward to explore other Superman options and what things that they could do. So while there was never a farewell goodbye with Henry Cavill, he always kind of maintained, my cape is still in the closet and they never came out and said it. It was done until the new leadership of Warner Brothers came in that were very pro-Henry Cavill uh, being Superman. So that's one of the things that's very exciting to me. But yeah, with Ben, it was very, very definitive. With Henry is more obscure but we all knew and he knew it was done until until a new owner of the company had to come involved all right what's next darth by Cian- the way thanks again for that ben really yes, appreciate Cian- that man very much
3: darth chiano i'm gonna say it the italian way darth chiano says "Lucasfilm should just do a couture film Knights series of the old republic oh and your movie issue can be solved for a while and fans want it
0: um that's so easy to say oh, they should just do that and everybody will be happy.
3: Yeah. No, <laughs>
0: you look, you still have to come up. It's like the whole thing about a villain in the film. People always ask me, hey, in the next Batman movie, the next Spider-Man movie, in the next one, who should be the villain? And I always say, it doesn't matter. It's straight up doesn't matter who you make the villain because all that matters is do you write them well? Because Dr. Doom is arguably one of the top two or three greatest villains in comic book history and they've done him three times and it's never worked. <laughs> So you can say, well, do a Knights of the Old Republic movie. Well, that's that's great, but it doesn't matter what you say your next movie is. You've got to get the right filmmakers, the right writers together. You've got to have a strong idea for a story. you got to be able to execute that well, devote the right resources to it, bring the right people together, everything. So you can make a movie called uh, Ninantu the Twi'lek, and Ninantu the Twi'lek can become an Oscar-winning film. It's a stupid idea for a movie, sure, but if you do it all right, it can be the best picture. It doesn't matter. Well, John, look at Andor. Who wanted, yes. a show,
2: who wanted a show yes. about Andor? When, when Andor was was announced, I was like, I don't know, Tony Gilroy's coming in, doing this. I was like, it depends. If they're going to show the other side of the Empire also and give you kind of well fleshed out characters, then that show could be something. If they're going to fo- focus on the spy throw, then that show could be something. And that's exactly what it is. Now, I agree, though, that they should be able to go into um, Nights of Republic and that area the problem, again, is what we were talking about before and also coupling it with what we were talking about with House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon is great because it's a great adaptation. Mm. And the thing is, when you look, if you've read The Ice and Fire, you know what's going to happen. You know. But it's a question of execution. Same thing with Game of Thrones. That's why, again, where I've heard certain things where they want st- to, Lucasfilm wants to stay away from their novels. They want to stay away. They don't want to adapt into their novels. And I think it's ridiculous. Re- ridiculous. They have all and Kathleen Kennedy at one point has come out and said we have no source material. What are you talking about? Well,
0: I mean, they've shown a willingness to take elements from not the, the not not the same, universe, not right? the same. Like, like, yes. Yeah, whatever.
2: but not the same. You could make a 90 Republic series, right? Uh, and and make it the make it the the story. And if you've played the game, you know the twist, right? If you play the game, you know. I would be great with that cuz I want to say how are they going to reveal that twist? Yeah. And how are they going to because you can then take things and turn that into movies. I still think their movies what they should be doing. Mandalorian, when they finally announce a series finale, let's say it's December 17th is the series finale. Well, on December 24th, the the actual series finale movie comes out and it'll be out in theaters and then it'll be on Disney Plus in January or February or whatever. And you can you know the material. You have the stories. You have a flesh out. You could work on it. And it's just there's there's so much I think that they just don't do right over there.
1: I think one of the problems, too, is that all the people, all these creators they hire want to put their own spin on this material, which I can understand. They've tried to do it with Star Trek. The problem with that is it doesn't ever quite work out. And they need to find somebody like, if you look at House of the Dragon, Ryan Condell was developing a Conan the Barbarian series for Amazon that never happened. The guy clearly wanted to work in this right. milieu. He really wanted to do this. And somehow he teamed up with George R. R. Martin and is able to do this show. He didn't sit there and go, I want to create my own Game of Thrones show. He's like, no, man, I want to go right back to your material and adapt it. And you get something great because you've got Ryan Condell as a co-creator with George R. R. Martin wanting to bring Game of Thrones to the world. Not somebody who comes in and goes, let's change the
0: the IP around. Let's make it more modern. But but, but at the same time, how many, how many have both you and I seen other people have that approach to different different material and it turns out to be disastrous i mean it's not like there's a formula that oh just do what that was and
2: it'll work no, no, no but
0: countless
1: no, you gotta have the it it right doesn't... you
2: gotta have the right pitch you gotta no you gotta have
1: all that kind of stuff you also have to have the right filmmakers and, yes. and and there are not a lot in the world that i think could do like a really great job with certain ips but you know no one's gonna say no you're gonna let me work on this all work on a star wars movie because the element of success is pretty much built in it's hard to screw it up, but as wow. we've seen, it's screwed up. <laughs> what? That's that's That's, yeah, what that, I'm saying. that's proven to it not be It should have been, but now it has been. And you'd think, but but I think that that's what we need is we need filmmakers that really love this material, and the people that love Star Wars, if they're really into it, they know what Knights of the Old Republic is. You don't have to tell them.
2: I brought up to, I brought up James Gunn. Right, and people are like well, when you think of James Gunn, you think Peacemaker, you think all these things. You're like James Gunn, and and tons of people in the comments are like, I don't want James Gunn anywhere near Star Wars, and I understand that. I probably would have said the same thing. However, he is a massive Night's Old Republic fan, massive and. Like, do I want to see, like, I think HK-47 is something that he would be great putting his humor towards, but I don't think that you're going to start seeing people, uh, Revan and Malik and all the people cracking jokes and doing all that. I think he would bring something very different to it and dark to it. And I know people are like, are you crazy? Peacemaker is not the same type of the Knights of Republic. I'm a Knights of Republic diehard. Next to Empire Strikes Back, it's my second favorite Star Wars story. So I do think that with a TV series, if you gave him like producer credit on or something too, he'd be able to do something. And I know you can't convince people until they see it. All right. What's next?
3: The incredible Hulk says Rob only watch new who, but never watch new trick. What does one (laughs) have
1: to do with the other? (laughs) I mean, to be honest, what does one have to do with the other? And I would say the reason is, is that doctor who began life as a children's show. And as it came back in the mid aughts in 2005, it was designed to be a show that was directed to more of a family or more adult audience, totally different. And it's from a production standpoint, I don't think they really equate old star Trek and new star Trek are very, very different compared to Dr. Who.
0: All right. What's next?
3: Bond says, what would you rather see? Batman movie directed by Christopher Nolan and with Jack black as Batman, Batman movie directed by Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer and with Ben Affleck as Batman.
0: Uh, uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman yeah if you're gonna get the directors of uh, Meet the Spartans uh, then yeah then it doesn't matter who you have playing the role so and if it's Christopher Nolan directing it he will find a way to make a Jack Black Batman work. He'll find, because it's all about your storyteller. And Jack so Black's I would a good that. dramatic actor, too, by the way. What's that? Jack Black is a good dramatic actor. He can, yes. Yeah. He absolutely can. I mean, I can't see him as Batman. No. But <laughs> if he was a professional
2: wrestler. Hey, Batman let himself go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's next?
3: Corey Hensley says, with both shows having finished their first seasons, I concede House of the Dragon is a better show. But I love, which one is this? Rings of Power. Oh, Rings of Power more. I miss the romanticized fantasy storytelling.
0: Listen, by the end, it it took me a while to get there. By the end, I was enjoying Rings of Power. And it was my number one most anticipated show probably the last four or five years. But it's all subjective. There are probably many of you watching that preferred Rings of Power, and that's awesome. I'm not trying to talk you out of that. that. That's awesome. It's great but for me even though rings of power is my number one most anticipated yeah there's to me there's no question that house of the dragon uh was clearly the better of the two and listen out of the three bigs you know rings of power andor and house of the dragon rings of power comes up third because andor is just freaking brilliant um it i might even like we're only halfway through andor or a little more than halfway through andor now but by the time andor's done i might even prefer it over house of the dragon i don't yet but yeah, there's unfortunately, listen, it just too slow of a start. It took way too long to get to it, to get it to the place that I wanted it to be. And yeah, by the end I was kind of feeling it, but it just took a little bit too long to get there. Anyway, what's next? Man Mordor. Man Mordor. I love the Mordor part. I really did.
3: AMC Underground Fuck Palace.
0: Slow. okay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Ah, all right, yes, and they said.
3: I know you said you'd let Ray tell his tale, but we all know what really happened. He tried to watch Morbius again.
0: Ah, you'd think, but uh, no. Look, cautionary, again, I I will leave the specifics to Ray, but the long and short of it is he had something wrong and he totally ignored it for months until it became something really serious. And that's why I and his family and the people who love him we're kind of mad at him, so. But again, I'll let him tell the story when he comes back. All right, what's next?
3: Stubble McShave says, "Rob, do you still want to see ISB debriefing Vader?"
1: Yes, but maybe I was talking on a different stream mm-hmm. about how, after the Death Star's destruction, what the ISB would be. What do you? What? What the hell happened, Vader? Well, I mean, they would they would be debriefing him on Coruscant. I, and he would, I would yeah, that wouldn't go out. well for them. I would love that to would see that. He well chokes him out th- one by one. I, yeah. I mean, I, no, no, no. I think that uh, I think that they with that Maester in charge, I think he would have some things he'd well, have to answer. And I think Vader would would admit to
2: he. I think he would
1: he would he would
2: sit down. Even so, you'd have Palpatine telling him you're going to submit to their criticism. Yes. So then he'd have to.
0: I still. What was it? Was a robot chicken? Yeah yeah when, when palpatine
3: gets the he's call, crying <laughs> yep do you know how expensive that was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what? that's
0: it that was really really funny all right what's next
3: al Rensha says over under 30 percent we get a fantastic four or silver surfer reference appearance in ant-man 3 i would take the over
0: okay so here's the thing though um Everybody has asked that question about every Marvel project that has come out yeah, since under. the Fox takeover. I am I'm still taking the under. Yeah, I under. have a feeling when Kevin Feige wants the Fantastic Four introduced, it's going to be in a big way. I, I don't think it's going to be some minor thing like that. So I'm actually not 0%, not zero. It's definitely possible, but I'm going to take the under 30%. What about you, Rob?
1: I don't know about necessarily direct Fantastic Four references, but there's going to be references to the M- the greater MCU, especially after the result of Endgame, because of the quantum realm.
2: What do you think? I think under, but I would take the over that Doctor Doom's probably going to show up in um, in Wakanda. I think in the post Yeah,
3: we've
0: we've talked a lot about that, so we got that coming as well. All right, what's next?
3: Josh Benang says. Hi, the John Campia Show crew. Would you still consider it a win if Affleck's script is made into a movie with Batfleck returning, but with a different director? That way, Affleck doesn't have as much on his shoulders.
0: I'm going to say something kind of weird. (laughs) If I had a choice and I knew Ben could only either direct or star in it, even though he's my favorite Batman, I would want Ben Affleck directing it. If it had to be one or the other, I mean, obviously, idealistic world, I want him doing both. I want him to star in and direct this film. He's clearly done it in many other films and done it beautifully. So he can handle that. That's not a problem. That whole thing before, like when he stepped down as the director of Batman and Matt Reeves took over. That was all bullshit PR saying, "Oh, I just realized it's it's too much to do." Because I had told you guys years ago, he was already gone. They were just making shit up to keep it covered until the movie came out. So, that was all bullshit when they were saying, "Oh, I just it's really a heavy burden for me to do both." Not true. Ben Affleck can do both, and when he does, his movies win best picture at the Academy Awards. So, that's not a problem. But if it had to be one or the other, you might be surprised to hear me say I would choose for him to be a director, Rob. You know, I, I, I would agree with that. But I also
1: think that people forget that Ben Affleck, I can only imagine as a director how miserable he must have been doing Joss Whedon's version of Justice League because he had gone all in with um, Zack Snyder, you know, and you just watched the beginning of Batman v Superman and how committed he is. I can only imagine then the rest of his life. I mean, I would have been drinking, too, and. His marriage was kind of all this craziness that was happening in that part of his
0: life. I think with that gone and and him. But it was before a, that. It was like he's he's talked about him and Matt Damon talked about it. It started right with Batman versus Superman. Right. And it was just, he was miserable doing that but right he was, from the beginning. Right, but I think it was miserable because of stuff that was
1: going on in his life, too.
0: Well, yeah, that's definitely part of it. And, and that think, exasperated him. Yeah, it.
1: and I think he's in a better place. And I think, look, I would just love to see, I'm selfish, Batman versus the
0: Terminator versus Deathstroke. Bring it on. I want to see this so bad. It would, it would be good. But let me ask you, Christian, the same question. If it came out, because I think we'd all be, we'd love to see this Bat, Batman movie but directed by Ben. But if it had to come down to it and they made the choice yours, Ben can only do one of the two. He can either star in that movie or he can direct the movie. Which one do you have him
2: do? Uh, I mean, it's tough because if it's, you know, if, if it's one of these things where Matt Reeves can't. Continue on a uh, a Pattinson mo- movie, and they said well, we can get Ben instead. Then I'd probably choose that, right? Because, it, but if it's inside of the DC universe, which he already played Batman, I'd rather him play Batman mm-hmm. because he's inside of it. And he's continuing, and then, and that's the selfish part of me that wants to see the story continue. So, I think, um, I think yeah, that, that probably it's probably not the answer you're looking for. But I'd say if it was a matter of taking over for Reeves because Reeves couldn't do it, I'd want him to direct. But if it was a choice of him starring in it, I'd rather him star in it. All right, what's next?
3: Amin says better IMAX opening. Dark Knight Rises plain scene with Bane or Tenet opera shootout.
0: Listen, I have issues with Tenet. Even though, you know, once I watched it again with subtitles on, all okay, kind. I I really quite enjoy the film. But I still remember, I think there's a group of 30 of us or so got invited to an IMAX to watch that opening 10, 15 minutes of The Dark Knight Rises with Christopher Nolan. It was at an IMAX theater in LA. And we all went in, we watched the first 15 minutes and we got to hang out and chat with Christopher Nolan afterwards. But the pockets, like there would be Christopher Nolan standing in the foyer with a couple of people around him at a time. And then pockets of other people standing around talking. All the other pockets of people standing around talking were did anybody understand what the fuck Bane was saying at all? And nobody did. Like, nobody understood a damn frickin' lick of what he said, which kind of took away from the experience of the scene. Now, carrying that over, there were absolutely audio issues in even that opening opera house scene in *Tenant*, but it just felt like a more complete scene. So both of them have their their huge pros. Both of them have their cons. But I would actually take the tenant opening. What about you, Christian? Which one do you
2: prefer? I take the Bane scene. I think it was a, it was a really great way to introduce that character. And it was a great way to just show kind of because you know for our our visions of Bane was Batman and Robin before that. As far as as far as cinematic, not for the hardcore um, fan, obviously, but um, the way that he was introduced. And I was a big Tom Hardy fan, and watching him come in there to do that. Yeah, that worked for me. I liked that scene in Tenet; it was great, but it it had more of an impact for me in Dark Knight Rises.
1: Rob, Dark Knight for me because it was so spectacular.
2: It was the fact that they
1: actually a lot of that they were doing for real and IMAX, you know. And it was it was unbelievable. I I literally the Tenet scene is very cool, but that scene in Dark Knight I I took my breath away. I was like, "Oh my god," you know, just because I'd never seen it before.
0: All right, what's next?
3: Andy Page with a. 22 Super Chat.
0: Wow, thank you, Andy, just to be supportive. Thank you so much, man.
3: Sam Fisher says, Christian, what did you think of Sandman?
2: Well, I didn't finish the whole thing still. And it's one of those things where, and, 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 but that's not to say I didn't like it. I loved it for what I watched. I watched like the first like five episodes and I loved it. And I just, the problem is with all the stuff that I got going on, you know, you know, covering stuff on on the channel. And I was like, okay, well, I got this, I got this. And I never got back to it. And I'm finally watching like The Patient was a show that I've been wanting to watch forever. And I'm watching that show now. I will get back to Sam because I really want to see it. And and they haven't announced season two yet, have they?
1: No, no no they have not
2: so i think that once they announce season two i'm going to fire back into it i really enjoyed the show i just never had a chance to finish it do you
1: watch the great british baking show
2: no i hear great things though i do hear great, great. things I'm i am going to
1: start watching that just because yeah. you and aaron keep telling yeah, me I about mean, it. Brad, Brad it's just an uplifting hour yeah. of
2: tv yeah, all it. right
0: what's next
3: Corey hensley says pick got to you didn't he john <laughs> don't lie that's why ray is missing Disney's holding him hostage until you're kinder to the House of the Mouse. JK. Fuck Disney.
0: Oh. All right, so uh, <laughs> bye, Ray. Hey, straight up. Fuck Disney. <laughs> f- fuck Bob. J. There, goes so, yeah, there goes Ray. So there goes Ray. Jettisoned. It's like what? It's like it's like, uh, what was it in Loki? No, it was in uh, Infinity War when they're uh, we'll, we'll kill uh, your brother again. Go ahead, kill him. Yeah. See if I care. All right, all right, all right. I'll call your bluff, J. Peck. It's like Ray's like, what the fuck are you talking about? No. All right, what's next? Screams from here.
3: Alan Ling says, hey, John and crew, what does it take for a movie to be profitable? Take Money. Black Adam Money. for example. <laughs> <laughs> its budget was $200 million. How much would it need to make to be considered profitable?
0: Uh, okay, so here's the, uh, this is not an exact science, basic rule of thumb. Okay, so here's the basic rule of thumb that will give you a general idea if a movie, what a movie needs to make to be profitable. Okay, so this is a general rule of thumb. They taught me this when I was at AMC. Start with the production budget add the marketing budget mm-hmm. then you take the total box office and minus 33 percent, roughly minus a third off that if that number ends up being bigger than the combined number of uh production and marketing you've got a profitable film so in the case of black adam what i heard was they spent somewhere it was a big media spend i heard they spent somewhere around the neighborhood of 100 million dollars promoting that, that makes film. Sense. so the 200 million dollar production budget you're talking about your your expense number is roughly 300 million So now that would mean that theoretically speaking, you would need Black Adam to make $450 million because you take $450 million to the box office, you minus one third, in that case, $150 million off the total, and you end up with $300 million. That becomes your break even point. So, roughly speaking, and again, this is not an exact science, roughly speaking, Black Adam's going to need to make $450 million. To start getting into the profitability, to not lose them any money.
2: Yes, and they also though that. But, but once they start putting it on digital, and once they start putting it on, though those sales do contribute to the sure, box. Sure, and office. other
0: expenses come into play too right. when they start doing so that. It's not but, like, roughly, lot, but that's not nearly as big as no, it used to. No, be. of course not. But, but a lot will help.
2: Yes, because a lot of people will look at it. Sometimes you go, "Oh, just what it made in the box office?" No, there's certain things and certain sales that come in. Whether it's if you're buying it on Amazon to watch it, if you're buying the, the but the, most the, people
0: will watch it on HBO probably
2: once it drops on there. Probably, but I mean, it's, but it's it you're right it's not as big as it used to be but it still contributes yeah so roughly speaking your production plus marketing
0: take the amount it takes makes of the box office minus one third and then see which number is bigger and that's what you end up with all right what's next
3: J master says breaking Marvel has just released the first trailer for the guardians of the galaxy holiday special to debut November 25th on Disney plus guest starring Kevin Bacon.
0: Yeah, we actually <laughs> saw this Taylor was showing this to us before Back the show Disney started. We actually yesterday. watched it before they officially released it. Um, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it on tomorrow's show, but I am excited to talk about it. We didn't make it a topic because it wasn't officially released yet. So we didn't want to talk about it. Then they officially dropped it as we were doing the show. We'll wait on it and we'll talk about it tomorrow. But yes, they did. And the Kevin Bacon part was pretty funny. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. All right, what's next?
3: Stubble McShave says Do you think Vagar killed her own offspring?
0: I, I, I didn't even know Vagar was female. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't even realize that. I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess no. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not a lot of similarities between those two. Then again, every dragon has its very own unique design. I still want to know what the fuck that other dragon was.
2: Oh, the one in the, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, Because that was like crazy drunk uncle dragon in there. All right, what's next?
3: 1253 Sir3 says, loving the Jack Skeleton soft toy on the desk. (laughs)
0: Where's oh, it's over there. Yeah. I didn't even see that one over there. He's sneaking over right there. sitting
2: right in front of me. I had no clue until right now. Yeah,
0: Taylor Taylor takes it upon himself awesome. to decorate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He does all the set deck like around here. <laughs> all right, what's next?
3: Sam Fisher says, Christian, the rebooted Doctor Who is on HBO Max.
0: Thank you very little. So that's where all the archived ones are. All the the, the library is now. And then the new episodes will be on
2: Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I guess so. All Re- right. Because he had rebooted, so 2005 on. He just Archive. called my bluff, that guy. What was that? Yeah. basically uh, now you know where it is you're gonna watch it yeah. no
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right what's next it's
2: time orange know.
3: hand says when watching a film or show can you tell which shots are filmed on the volume versus a green screen
2: sometimes yeah, it depends. It, it it all depends on the shot. Always, no, no. absolutely. House no. of the Dragon. I didn't know when they did that shot in House of the oh Dragon. My God. Uh, Dragonstone. Oh, dude, that was that
0: like was awesome. Amazing.
2: Although I would
1: say this: when they returned to Dragonstone in this final episode, you,
2: it. you but you were, looking, it.
1: Though, well, yes, you, you were looking though this time. Yes, I was I looking. I was like, uh, uh, yeah. it was not as effective as the first time I right. went
0: back. But as far now, that's remember he's not asking about the difference between when they use the volume and when they didn't. It's about can you tell the difference between when they use the volume versus when they use green screen? Yeah, I oh. think
1: you actually can. And you you can tell if you know its volume, you can look at the live action elements compared to the background, and there are telltale signs. But it's you know it's, it depends how the director uses it. All right, what's they next? They do it really well on Game of Thrones because they don't use movement.
3: Alan Jera ninety one says, "I'm afraid Taika will make Star Wars too much humor."
0: Listen, everybody's always about the most recent thing. If Taika can bring the same balance that he had in, say Ragnarok. I think he could do something. Again, go back and look at the original Star Wars movies kids. It, it
2: there's a lot of humor. Yeah, well Mandalorian is his episode of Mandalorian. His
0: episode of Mandalorian was
2: fantastic. It was great. It was the great. problem is this with Taika and I, cause I'm a massive Taika fan, but I first of all I don't think his movie's going to happen. and I don't think it's going to happen for if it does not for a long time. I don't think it's going to happen. The problem is it's when he writes his stuff fully cuz Ragnarok he didn't he he contributed, but he didn't really write the whole thing. Uh, he wrote a lot of the last one. And I think that he's just a funny guy. I don't know if you He's a funny dude. And I think that he just can't help himself, right? And I don't, I agree. I think that that is the biggest issue with him doing it. I don't think Star Wars needs an over comedy. I, I agree with you. There's some humor, humor and comedy, but again, bringing the Mandalorian into it, I always use this reference. In Mandalorian season one, when the Mandalorian sitting with the Jawas and the jo- and he's trying to talk in Jawies, whatever, whatever it is, and they start laughing at him. He's like, oh, you think this is funny? And he tries to set him on fire that's that's fits the scene That stuff that we were talking about before like when it fits the scene it works it's when everybody gets a joke and it just feels like you're handing yeah, when out about jokes. when yes. he's when yes. he
0: balances out again because I, again i would point everybody who wants to lose all their shit because of love and thunder look it's the recency bias again go back and look at jojo rabbit if you want to know what can taika watiti yeah. bring to a movie look at jojo rabbit that like that to me is one of the most moving, stunning films that I've seen in the last couple of years. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. When, but it, did Taika lose his balance in Love and Thunder? Yeah, he clearly did. He lost his balance. He went far too much one way. But this whole thing about oh, the last thing that person did, well, that means that's everything that that person's about. Right. It's like no, you're forgetting all the other stuff that they've done. So and even in stars you brought up mandalorian again like that yeah. he directed maybe the best episode
2: yeah i just think he's stretched too thin right now that's his big might thing. be because
0: he's got the next goal wins coming out yeah. still right which i'm very curious to see what kind of tone and balance that one has but when when he is focused and he is balanced in his humor versus his narrative more serious storytelling he is taika watiti is a force to be reckoned with he absolutely is and i think he can bring that to star wars really well all right, what's
3: next? 100%. <laughs> the Batman with a $50 super chat.
0: Well, wow, thank you, The Batman. Appreciate wow. that, man.
3: Pierce Brosnan, Dr. Fate solo film, gimme, gimme, introduce Zatanna and Constantine into the DCEU.
0: There's still a line below that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Got to bring that back up. There's a line below There you go.
3: Oh, into the DCEU through it as well. Uh. Mm, I...
0: I don't. So I don't know what they're going to end up doing with Constantine or Zatanna. Do either you, you guys have a thought? Well, they're on?
1: they're doing it? something with John with uh,
0: Keanu Reeves. Right. So they say. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they say. I mean, look. I think I would love to see a Doctor Fate movie where they lean into the Lords of Order and Chaos like they do in the comics. I don't think they're
2: going to do that. Not yet, anyway. I yeah. think that even you look at this the more obscure, not like whether it's Guardians or Ant Man, all these movies of Marvel, they they waited. They waited a while before yeah. they did. You got to reestablish because we're 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 rebooting it really. So reestablish the hardcore characters the superman you know flash like all those characters first get the ones that people are familiar with and then start playing with the dr fates and those other ones i agree
0: but god i did love pierce as doctor he, he was, was great, great. yeah
1: <laughs> but i, I mean him. you know it would be hard pierce Brosnan is, is older so what are you gonna do right. start making dr fate movies till he's 70
0: well the great thing about the dr fate character though is you don't really need him to do any of the physical stuff right that's yes right like he puts he's on, helmet helmet, on it, it. a helmet he's a character or true. you know he's um or he's, uh, I don't know, Scott Speedman under, underneath Matthew Speedman. <laughs> All right, what's wow. next? There's a poll.
3: Let's see. Oh, Jeffrey Hemphill with a $20 Super Chat. Thank oh, you. thank, thank you. you, Jeffrey,
0: so much just to be supportive. Thank you, man.
3: Sam Fisher, I'm going to miss watching Doctor Who on BBC America. I've been doing so since I was little, but I do think it'll reach a wider audience on Disney+. Plus.
0: Well, I mean, I think you can probably still watch all of your archive stuff on BBC yeah. if that's, I mean, if you're in the UK, that there, but all the new stuff on Disney Plus. But again, if you're in the UK, it still is going to be on BBC. Um Will it get a wider audience? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to find out.
2: Yeah, it's just intimidating. I think if I hear myself say, like, I don't know if I'm going to watch it. I think it's just intimidating. I don't even know where the hell to start. Like, you say, don't watch the 60s one, but isn't that the first? Don't watch that one, but watch this one. It's like, but will I be confused if I watch it? It's like, it, there's Start a watching lot.
1: 2005. It, it, what? The only right. reason someone said earlier, why do I recommend watching newer stuff? Because the kind of show it is yeah. changed drastically.
2: Well, sure, but do you lose anything with the lore? Do you, that's what I mean. Sure. that's right. You
1: do, but you know what? I think they do a really good job during the Russell T Davies era, the writer who comes back now. They do a good job reestablishing the lore starting mm. in 2005. Mm. All right, what's next?
3: Al Rensha says Keeping in mind that she was revealed to be a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, how do you think we will get Hawkeye's wife in Secret Invasion?
0: I don't know if we are. Are, are we like? Is uh, are we even getting Hawkeye in Secret Invasion? Probably not. I don't think we are. Might get her. She, we might get her. Come we be, like, we could. Up. I mean, listen. That was one of the more no interesting things to me. That was one of the more interesting things to me about Hawkeye was the stuff with the wife. They get way too slow in getting to it. Yeah. And the whole MacGuffin of it was the watch, right? Yeah. The whole MacGuffin of the watch turned out to be a total waste. Yeah. But still. That was one of the more interesting things that if they ended up doing a Hawkeye season two, I would check it out just for that story hanging story thread. But I don't know if they're going to get into it in uh, Secret I Invasion.
1: Mean, I think Secret Invasion does a really good job of p- picking up threads that were established in Captain Marvel. All
0: right. What's next?
3: Manpreet Carr says, have you heard anything about Patty Jenkins' Cleopatra movie with Gal Gadot?
0: Wasn't that running into some problems? I remember, yeah. wasn't it like a year ago that we talked about that? I can't. It's been so long ago now. I c- I cannot remember. But I thought it got.
2: I thought the rumor was the fact that she was working on that Star Wars one, and then she was working on the Cleopatra one. But she went to work on the Cleopatra one because she wasn't doing Star Wars anymore. And then like, I don't know. It's it's, it's yeah. I
0: honestly, right now at the top of my head, I do not know what the current status yeah. of that project is. Don't
2: I don't know either. All right, what's next?
3: Matt Boyle says. Just watched Michael Mann Heat for the first time. It was amazing. I might have to put it in my top 10 list. I need to read the new Heat book that just came out.
1: It's good. I, I was going to say, have I you haven't. read the that yeah, book? Yeah, I've read the book. It's both a prequel and a sequel. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of like really, Godfather
0: 2? Yes.
1: Yes. In a way, it's kind of like Godfather 2. And, you know, he's talking about turning it into a movie, which I don't quite understand because it would all have
2: to be read fast.
1: Yeah, maybe. But it looks, I mean, it's really, the book's really good. You'll read, you'll sit down. I started
2: it. I loved it. It's great. Yeah. It's really great. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. It.
0: So good. All right. What's next?
3: Suthia says, Janet, there's something I never told you. Kang smirking at Hank. Your dear old wife got some of that Kang Kang. Y'all, what if they made a child and it's the MCU's Nathaniel? That'd be wild.
0: No, they're not going to. They're not going to do that. They're, they're definitely not going to go. I assume you mean Richards when you say Nathaniel. That, that is Reed, Reed and Sue's son's name, right? That's Nathaniel? No,
1: the, uh, Franklin is their son.
0: Franklin. Who am I thinking? You know what? Nathaniel. I'm thinking of X-Man. I'm thinking of X-Man. Yes. I'm thinking of X-Man. Yes. That's, that's what Nate. I was thinking of. Yes. Reed, uh, Reed and Sue's son is Franklin Richards, who, of course, is... The problem with Marvel in their comics is that you used to have Omega level. That's what they called it, right? Omega level? And then they started having characters that were above Omega level. And Reed Richards was one of those first characters, like when they first introduced Reed Richards, this was a kid who is, he's a mutant. He's Reed Richards and Sue Storm's son. He was, even as a child, he was creating universes. I still, it's one of the most stunning pieces of art, actually, in comics that really stands with me. You see this like toddler Reed Richards kind of, ah! with his hands like this, and he's literally created a universe and it's like he was just one of those characters but i don't know if they're gonna go that way
1: i think that it's a possibility that michelle pfeiffer might have had a relationship
2: with somebody in the quantum realm think so she was there for a while huh? <laughs> i don't There's think they something will. i didn't tell you i don't think that's what they didn't tell her
0: i don't know maybe maybe she got a freak on in the quantum realm who knows all right what's next <laughs>
3: Chris Miner says rewatched up because I haven't seen it in a bit. The opening sequence is a masterpiece on its own. It was the first time I cried in theaters.
0: I have no problem saying it's one of the greatest openings to a movie of all time, <laughs> but and, and, I'm not just animated, not just whatever, because the first time I saw that movie and they're walking up that hill to their favorite tree and she stumbles. That moment, you're like, no, 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 And oh my God. And it's all without dialogue. Seriously, it is one of the greatest openings to any live action animated movie ever. I I very few scenes have ever elicited that kind of emotions from entire and you could hear the entire movie theater that you're in gasping and like weeping and sobbing when that happens. It's just so powerful. It's so good. All right, what's next?
3: Rido Valco says thoughts on UFC 280 best card of this year
0: it i mean it was very predictable uh i was 4 out of 5 on my calls on the fights um i mean listen the the, Nur, the Nurmagomedov camp i don't know that anybody's ever beating anybody out of it ever again <laughs> i mean it it is crazy and when you've watched oliveira and the way he has dominated this division for the last little while and and that but but islam is a he's a nurmagomedov pupil i mean he is unstoppable right now the only guy who can beat him right now is if khabib came out of retirement if his mentor came out of retirement and and that that's it that's the only guy on the planet that i think can beat him it's insane so uh but it was a great card overall at uh, fabulous fights I was unfortunate about the TJ Dillashaw fight, the fact that his shoulder got dislocated in the first 30 seconds. How that dude, for those of you who haven't heard about this, so TJ Dillashaw is fighting for the title. His shoulder gets separated and dislodged in, in the first 30 seconds, and he finished the round. Dude him couldn't him beat him. The champion arm. couldn't put him away. He survived the entire fighting with his shoulder like dislocated. It was Listen, I'm not a big TJ Dillashaw fi- fan at all, at all. But that dude got a lot of respect from me, from me after that. It was pretty crazy. Anyway, it was a great card. All right, what's next? Let's
3: see. MCM sends in support to the Super Chat. Thank you. And also, Rami Forever sends in some support to the Super Chat Thank you wow. guys
0: so much. And that'll do it for today's installment of the John Campion Show. Thank you so much for being here, making the show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent those Super Chats, number one. Because he gave us great fun things to talk about, but number two, you supported this channel as you did it, and all of us involved with the John Campy Show. Thank you guys so much for your support. Also, a little bit of an announcement, a little bit of a bonus for all you guys who stayed around all two hours right to the end. Gonna let you guys know. I'm not exactly sure what time, probably somewhere around nine nine thirty tomorrow night. Robert and I are going to be doing a Black Panther: Wakanda Forever reaction watch uh, of course the premiere of the movies tomorrow night so the reactions are going to start pouring in after the premiere is done we are going to be doing a reaction watch i hope you guys will join us for that and come by and hang out with us as well so until next time guys i want to thank the people in the room starting with mr robert meyer Burnett. robert where can people find you guys online
1: uh you can find me on instagram at rm Burnett, find me on twitter burnettrm, rm or find me on my own youtube channel post geek singularity
0: And of course, joining us today, Christian Harloff. And by the way, guys, you know, you guys should absolutely check out Christian's YouTube channel. He's getting close to 60,000 subscribers. Go on over there, subscribe to his channel, bump that number up over that milestone. Anyway, Christian, where can people go and do that? Well,
2: thank you very much for that, John. Yeah, absolutely. We're trying to get to 70 by the end of the year, and we have, I just, as I showed him, I did my Game of Thrones House of the Dragon reaction. That one, to me, that really got me. So if you want to check that out, please it's do. It's worth tuning into. Yeah, my show, my ba- the, it's The Big Thing shows Sith Council and Capes and Cows Would love to have you guys over there. And tell me that you found me from The John Campion Show.
0: And of course, I want a special thanks to everybody behind the cameras as well. Taylor over there doing his thing. Jonathan Voico running our show. And of course, Alou Moana, thank you again, guys. And a big thank you again to all of you. Make sure you guys click the thumbs up button, leave comments, subscribe to the channel. All that stuff helps spread our videos to a wider audience. Don't forget to come back tomorrow, guys, for the next episode of The John Campion Show. We've got an open mic a little bit later today at 3 p.m. Los Angeles time. For those of you who are long-time viewers, like all the way back to the early AMC days, you guys might remember Brooke Chavez. Uh, she's now Brooke Solis. She will be in here doing open mic with me a little bit later today, so keep your guys' eyes open for that. So, for everybody in the room, my name's John Campia. Thanks a lot for being here, guys, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.